0: Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is going on, everyone? It is great to be back, and welcome to a uh, big, packed edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, back after a week away. Shout out to Remo for doing a great job holding it down, Connor for jumping on, and uh, all of our friends and guests for um, making the show go absolutely smoothly while I was gone, and uh, coming out of a long weekend, and a week off, there is a lot to get to today, particularly surrounding the Winnipeg Jets, who happen to be hosting their arch rivals, the Minnesota Wild tonight at Canada Life Centre. We are going to be all over a one-on-one weekend, and the big matchup tonight, Jeff Hamilton's going to jump on the program today, and we'll also head to the Twin Cities And uh, discuss the latest on the Minnesota Wild who had one of the more bizarre wins in the entire National Hockey League season last night. With a seven goal third period to beat the Vancouver Canucks 10-7. Our focus though is going to be on uh, the Jets, the win over Vancouver, an ugly loss yesterday in Calgary. And now back at home with some lineup changes expected tonight as well. So we'll get to uh, all of that. Welcome to everybody in chat. Shout out to... uh, Everyone, yes, no, I'm not like a lobster. So the sunscreen was in full effect. A uh, little too pale to handle that Mexican sun, I think. Um, but uh, And, of course, a huge thanks to all of the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada just got back in the lock shop. You can join myself and Dustin Nielsen at noon before Winnipeg Sports Talk, Monday to Friday over on the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. Of course, our friends at Princess Auto, uh, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Sport Manitoba, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, the Winnipeg Jets, Modern Man Barbershop, Canadian Club, and Manitoba Battery. And we will get to a why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGillivray. Uh, All right. Fresh off doing double duty for a week, Michael Remus joins me. Remo, thanks again for holding it down. Uh, how are you? And how was your long weekend after such a busy week?
1: Yeah, it was good. It was busy yesterday. I got to say, a lot more uh, stressful on your side of the screen uh, than this one. Not that I, you know, there's not a lot going on here, but a lot more to think about for me last week. Great to have you back. Uh, welcome. I know it was a good week and well deserved. Time off, so uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back on uh, the right side of the screen today.
0: You know, I missed, uh, obviously I missed a big victory lap on Monday. Mm-hmm. I
1: did, After I tried to ch- do it for you. I said Thank every you. day, how great is Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> every day, made sure yep. just out of nowhere, if I was lost, I was like, hey guys, isn't Patrick Mahomes just so good? Can we isn't just talk just about the Mahomes best? for a bit? Yeah, can we just um, talk about is how he's like the best of all time? I, I threw that in.
0: Uh, you know, we don't we don't need to get into it all, but for many uh, of you that were taking shots at me and the Chiefs for months all season long, feel free to drop it in the chat or the comments that, you know what, Hus, you were right. You were right. They got it done at the end. And I will say that game took years off my life. I mean, it was as stressful of four hours as I think I've had as a sports fan. Um, but um, it was great to see the win. Obviously, horrible what happened on Wednesday at the uh, the championship parade, and I think that really sort of dulled the the joy for everyone about the about the win. But um, moving forward, back to back champs, and that'll be a fun NFL off season. And of course, we will get to uh, we will get to that. The other thing that I really was disappointed that I missed, Reem, that I know you probably milked hard for a number of days was the heinous attack on an empty net by Ridley Gregg Uh, of the the, the Ottawa Senators. I mean, empty net etiquette discourse I did not think would be a big topic in sports and sports radio and sports media, but there it was yesterday. And I guess in one, just before we get to the Jets, one bit of news today, Gary Bettman has said uh, absolutely not (laughs) to the appeal Uh, As I tweeted out, I was hoping he might add an extra game on it and give him six. Uh, But the Riley suspension stays at five after what he did to Greg after what Greg did to that poor, defenseless, empty net at the end of that Senators Leafs game. Yeah, I had a great time talking about that. I was
1: surprised that it was five just because in the past it has nothing to do with what he did and how if you agree or don't agree, but you've seen them not hand out suspensions and I'll I'll point it. He, what he should have done is went and just hacked him in the face cuz you don't get you get a fine. But then we saw Jordan Biddington get a fine for sticking someone in the face intentionally over the weekend as well. So uh, so Morgan Riley, I mean it's I mean we just I that was the big topic. What's the best way to score on an empty net and I think every empty net goal that the Leafs score or the scores against them is going to be scrutinized even more going forward, but it wasn't a smart play and He's their best defenseman. He took himself out for five games, and I'm also a Morgan Riley fantasy owner, and I've had to <laughs> pick up like Darren Radish from Tampa, so I need Riley back very soon.
0: Um. Anyway, so Riley's still out for the five games. That was uh, that was quite a topic last week. But again, uh, we don't need to dive back into last week for any topics today because uh, man, we've got a lot to get to. Um. I guess first off. Really fun win Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks for the Winnipeg Jets. The power play woke up and re-emerged, and that carried into yesterday with two more power play goals and a natural hat trick by Sean Monahan. and the Jets had a nice two-goal first-period lead. Unfortunately, after that, it was ugly for Winnipeg, and I'm not sure if they have veered further off of their path of one of the best defensive teams in hockey and five on five teams in hockey than we saw in the second and third period yesterday in Calgary.
1: Yeah, Calgary uh, making cross, you know, crossing passes, uh, finding one-timers for Tappet Huberto, uh, Mangiapane, just get it on the tee from, you know, going from the middle to the right. and, And it's tough for any goalie to move side to side like that on the Coleman goal. Um, The defensemen, you know, get kind of mixed up with the puck high and then go into the corner. Uh, Oliver Shillington walking right down the pipe, (laughs) like a defenseman from his own blue line, just skating up the middle all the way uh, right into Connor Hellebuck. And, you know, when the game was 3-1, I was like, great, Jets take it home. Calgary's had a rough stretch here. They lost to San Jose, uh, lost to Detroit, both at home, and you knew they were going to bring it, but uh, 3-1 with two power play goals. Didn't see that happening. The Jets scoring, you know, Four power play goals in the last two games, pretty incredible. But I, I kind of saw you know a letdown game coming. I mean, you they hadn't played a, a big opponent in a while, huge game Saturday night in Vancouver, and they felt it. They knew, and then you have this revenge game coming up tonight. And last night's kind of this afternoon game on the road. I don't know, maybe it was 3-1 and they kind of took their foot off the gas. I don't know what to say, but it was. They
0: certainly got away from their game. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I think it was maybe Avco that threw that uh, uh, today, but four goals on the rush against yesterday. Um, The worst performance all season long was two in a game. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, you just saw the way some of the goals happened in. I mean, listen, that was, I've been complimentary of the bounce back season of Neil Pionk this year that wasn't a game that um, I think that they'll want to be putting on uh, the, the highlight reel. I mean, the first goal by Shillington, I mean, was was absurd to be honest with you. You don't see that happen very often. I'm not sure where he was going, but basically just took himself out of the play and he walked in all alone and scored his first goal in forever, which always seems to happen against the, uh, the Jets. And then it just sort of continued breaking down from there. And, um, And maybe more concerning to to your point about a team that just didn't have it yesterday was when they were playing from behind, um, you know, 3-3 and then down 4-3 in the third period. I mean, the Calgary Flames were the far hungrier team um, than Winnipeg was. So um, Bone said as much, and we'll get to some of the post-game comments in a minute, that that was uh, way, way, way... Uh, far away from where uh, he likes his team to be. And uh, we'll go through it. That being said, just to quickly start off on the Vancouver game, um, I know you and Connor and the rest of the guys talked about it. I mean, as much as, you know, they beat Pittsburgh last week and then they beat San Jose while I was away. I mean, those were not major confidence-inspiring victories considering how difficult the Jets were having scoring goals. So to get four against a team like Vancouver, led by a massive game from Mark Shifley with the goal and three assists, uh, and getting the power play going, there was a lot of good that came out of the Vancouver game that unfortunately they weren't able to continue into yesterday with the exception of the uh, huge first period of Monahan.
1: Yeah, in the seven games before the Vancouver game, the Jets scored seven goals. Now in the last two games, the Jets have scored seven goals, so they've figured out the goal scoring thing. Unfortunately, the defense kind of left them yesterday. And you're right. After the San Jose win, you're like, well, you know, it was a win, but they should have scored more than one goal. And again, Pittsburgh is like, well, they, you know, the first and third periods were good. Second period, not as good. And, you know, two goals, I guess that's okay. And they got shut out, you know, on the Tuesday. And, you know, Samuel Erson almost got another uh, shutout against the Jets. So they really weren't scoring. And again, you look at the uh, opponents here. I mean, you have non-conference opponents. San Jose since the break and even before that I don't think they had really had like one of those big I guess they had the Toronto the two Toronto games which were which were big but since the break this was their biggest game in the in the two weeks and just by their comments after they felt it they knew Saturday night hockey in Canada you talk, heard Gabe Valardi saying it likes playing in Canada uh Mark Scheifele they all knew it was a big game and they certainly played like it I mean these guys were hitting each other each other they were throwing the body around uh, they approached it like a big game, and uh, they got a big result—a four-two a win. So, unfortunately, it wasn't able to carry over. But I think we'll see a different team tonight. As you know, how many games have they played this year? Fifty something. And how many times have you seen a defensive effort like that? Uh, hardly I don't at know. All. Hardly at all. Can you count on one hand? So, uh, unfortunate yesterday, but we'll have to see how—I mean, see how it goes uh, tonight. And hopefully, we're talking about another win tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, just quick takeaways from Saturday. Um, Gabe Velarde reemerged. I mean, uh, two goals and an assist. I mean, uh, that play that he has tight into the net that kind of got things going with the backhand past Demco was key. Uh, and that gave the power play a little bit of juice. Um, and a nice goal by Monaghan. His first is a Winnipeg Jet. That was just the start of a big weekend for him. And Connor Hellebuck was brilliant. I mean, uh, he goes 35 saves on 37 shots. Maybe the biggest play of the game as far as a real momentum turner was the uh, crushing hit of Adam Lowry uh, and then completely folding DiGiuseppe, who uh, strangely got an instigation call. But there were some weird calls and non-calls in that game. I know there was tons of whining from Canuck fans. I don't have a lot of time for that because I thought the Winnipeg Jets had their own gripes as well. In particular, JT Miller hitting Shifley, kind of with a high reverse hit that um, knocked him down and Shifley somehow got an embellishment penalty for that. That was a bit of a head scratcher, but um, all that was sort of secondary to getting a win, getting the power play going, getting some goals. Um But then, you know, as we talked about a great first for Sean Monaghan, um, but the Winnipeg Jets just did not get it done defensively in that game. Um, uh, just here's a couple of quick clips wrapping up the Saturday game. Um, Gabe Villardi, who was uh, one of the stars of the game with two goals, uh, talked about uh, the game and uh, getting back on the score sheet. It was really
2: fun. <laughs> it was a good atmosphere, and uh, obviously, it's more fun because we won. But uh, you know, those are uh, those are the games that you, you you dream of playing, kind of thing. And uh, it was a good atmosphere. The crowd was great. Hockey night in Canada. Um, it's cool.
0: Well, I think we're going to have another great atmosphere tonight against the Minnesota Wild. We'll talk about that in a minute. Here's what Bones had to say coming out of the Saturday win for his club.
3: That was a hard-fought win. Like, That's a great hockey team over there. Tox has done a wonderful job, his staff. So we I mean, knew it was going to be a hard-fought game, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, our specialty teams came in for us tonight, finally, and they won a big game for us. It's nice to see the power play get a couple because we all know we've been in a bit of a jump there when the penalty killers were outstanding and how they made the big saves when we got it. We got the timely goals. So it was a hard fought game. It was the type of game. We knew exactly what we were going to get.
0: All right. So there's uh there's bonus uh, a much happier version of Rick bonus on Saturday. than he was yesterday afternoon and um, you know, bones in, uh, as you can imagine a very different mood Monday afternoon after his team dropped Uh, the decision to the Calgary Flames. Here's what he had to say about Monday's loss.
3: Well, we're up 3-1 because of the power play. So when you take the power play out of that, uh, yeah, that's the only reason. That's as as soft a 5-on-5 game as we've played all year. That's not us at all. So, Uh, That didn't even look like the Winnipeg Jets out there. But you know what, we flush it and uh, we're going to get ready for tomorrow. I
2: guess it's a long list, Rick, of probably players that had a tough outing today, but uh, maybe the top line as well, uh, they were, I know, in the first period.
3: Uh, I think uh, Hallibuck did his job, not blaming him on any of those goals. And Monaghan got three and that's about it. That's it.
0: Hell, he did his job. Monahan had three goals, and that's about it. Um, a very different Rick Bonus after the game in Calgary uh, than in uh, than in Vancouver on Saturday night. Um, Bones expanded more on the game and kind of transitioned to the ability for his team to get right back at it the next day, which is tonight, of course, with this much-anticipated game against the division rival Minnesota Wild
3: like we don't play like that. Again, that's just not our hockey cup. That's as soft as we've played, as loose as we've played. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the shift up the pairing, shift of the lines, it wouldn't have mattered one little bit. We just had nobody going other than Sean and our goalie. How does your group turn that around? We will. When, how does it go? like when you say soccer when you look at still soft. these guys have a lot of pride they've taken great pride in our goals against all year and they have and that's why we're the top defensive team in the league so they know how we play they know what we look like and they know that was that wasn't us out there tonight and I'm very confident that they're going to bounce back tomorrow with a very solid effort
0: all right so there's more from bones on uh, on yesterday's loss to Calgary and Reem if I'm not mistaken This has to be a season high of Bones dropping the dreaded term soft to describe his team in a post-game scrum. Yeah, he's been pretty, you know, the Jets are playing well, so he hasn't really
1: had to go to the well with the push. We haven't heard pushback this year and, you know, some of the stuff we heard last year around this time, but uh, as yesterday he felt he had to call him out and say the soft plays and, uh, there it was, multiple times over and over. Yesterday, it said Hellebuck and Monahan brought it. The rest of the team didn't. He was kind of subdued compared to some of the stuff from last year. But uh, this had the makings of a bones. You know, maybe that would be on the best of. We'll see how they respond. But we did the best of bones in December. Maybe this will be on uh, this year's best of bones.
0: Well, he wasn't finished mentioning how, quote, soft his team played yesterday. Uh, he said that they were soft right from the beginning, despite the three-goal outburst by Monaghan in the first.
3: We, we were soft from the beginning for me. So uh, that uh, you don't get fooled by the score. We talked about that right after the first period. Like, Don't be fooled by the score. We're not playing that well power play carried us there and it's been, which is great to see we need that power play but well, we've said from day one it'd be nice to get those guys together and give them a couple of games and see what they can do so well, that was good to see uh, the, that would be uh, the one and only positive.
2: Do you like the fact you get right back at it tomorrow and it's a, a game that I imagine there should be no issue getting up for with Minnesota? Well
3: it's Minnesota they just scored ten. Seven in the third period against an excellent hockey club um, so we just got to get back to Winnipeg. Hard-nosed, hard to play against hockey. That's as easy as we've played, been able to play against all year. So uh, flush it and let's get ready for tomorrow.
0: Yeah, maybe a double flush uh, for Bones after <laughs> yesterday's game in Calgary. Um, uh, here's one clip from uh, the hometown kid, Josh Morrissey, on a disappointing afternoon for uh, his Winnipeg Jets.
2: Yeah, I didn't think we were any good. Um I mean, we're proud ourselves on being a good defensive team and um, not giving up uh, scoring chances uh, in zone off the rush. And um, you know, we obviously uh, you got to give credit to them. I thought they transitioned the puck well, they broke it out pretty well, and didn't give us a lot of opportunity to uh, sort of sustain ozone time and, and let our forecheck get to work. But um, yeah, I just gave up too many, uh, too many chances against and uh, high dangers, you know, scoring looks for them and. Um, so great things. We have an opportunity tomorrow to, uh,
3: get back to our game.
0: All right. Um, so, uh, there was Josh Morrissey. We did hear from Sean Monahan as well, who, uh, I, I'll be honest, Dream. I had not, um, really remembered a Monahan interview in a long time. And we all know about that funny Twitter account, boring Sean Monahan. Um, He is as monotone as any player I've ever heard. I'm not sure. It would be great to hear him after a massive, like, OT win to find out because even in the first period after a natural hat trick um, was pretty flatlined when he was doing the intermission interview. Um, But again, there wasn't a lot going on last night for the Jets. uh, Yesterday afternoon, I should say, outside of Sean Monaghan which takes us to tonight. And uh, we've got a lot to get to from Bones this morning because it looks like things are going to look a little different for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Just before we do that, though, looking forward to seeing all the WSTers, I guess a week Thursday, February 29th, the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame for that whiskey tasting event and a little Jets watch party watching the... uh, Jets take on the Dallas Stars, which will be a massive game. Dallas has been the best team in the Central recently, and they are right now on top of the division. We'll be doing that with our great sponsors at Canadian Club and the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival and the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, in the meantime, you can check out all the information on the Whiskey Festival at the uh, website. Um, And when you are popping by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, Make sure to uh, check out the latest Canadian Club display for all the Canadian Club favorites, including the original, the 100% Rye, and the CC12 year. Pick it up at Manitoba Liquor Marts and remember always enjoy responsibly. Also, got to shout out our Donnie and the gang down at Manitoba Battery. Uh, looking forward to uh, very shortly opening up their second Winnipeg location on Dover Court in the south side of the city. We'll have some grand opening specials and sale information for you at the new location. But in the meantime, for all of your battery needs at the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores with free delivery anywhere inside the perimeter for any purchase over 60 bucks, make it Manitoba Battery. Contact them and check them out online at manitobabattery.com or give them a call at 204-783-8787. And of course, you can visit them over on Logan Avenue at uh, 1026 Logan Avenue. And uh, hey, as well, a big thanks to Modern Man Barbershops for their support of WST. Modern Man, guys, has you covered, first of all, with eight locations around the city of Winnipeg, so somewhat where convenient for you to go get a great new look. Um, And Modern Man has a variety of grooming services for you, fellas, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Easiest way to make an appointment and to book your look is to go to modernmanbarber.com and make sure to give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Shops. All right, let's get to tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild. Um, no time to uh, dwell on a uh, non-jet-like performance yesterday in Calgary because a game that we have had circled on our calendars since New Year's has come. And uh, it should be raucous in the building tonight. Um, but Rick Bonus had a lot to say this morning, and we'll start it off with his uh, overall thoughts on uh, the return bout, if you will, between two central division rivals.
3: Well, you know, we, we play hard against Minnesota. They play hard against us. It's going to be a good game. You know, um, that's the thing about this league, as we all talk about. You play a bad game, you're pretty close. You're going right back out at and, and uh, turn things around. So uh, we talked about that last night. You flush it, and we prepare for Minnesota.
4: Does it narrow the
1: focus, though, in a little bit when you have a rivalry game coming off? Yeah. yep. We
3: like yep. you know they're a good team. We you know they scored 10 last night talked about that last night. You know, they get seven goals in the uh, third period. I know two of them are empty netters, but they fought back. So there's a lot of fight in that team over there. And uh, that's what we're going to see from them tonight.
0: All right. So uh, there's Bones on uh, just overall thoughts on tonight. Bit of a nicer smile on Bones's face than we saw yesterday afternoon. Uh, but Bones did mention he hated the way his team played yesterday and he played looked and there was a long list of individuals Sounds like there's going to be some lineup changes tonight. Here's what he had to say on that.
3: Can you tell us about the lineup? Do you have any changes planned? There'll be a couple changes.
0: Can you elaborate on those? or No. No. (laughs) Line
3: changes or personnel changes? There'll be some personnel changes. And then LB starts, right? LB starts. Okay.
0: All right, Remit sounded like uh, Stanley and uh, um, Kapari were out there today. And listen, I would suggest that considering, never mind yesterday and the performance that probably put a number of Jets in the doghouse, uh, if there was ever a time that what Logan Stanley has that the Winnipeg Jets covet would be wanted in the lineup, I would suggest that tonight against the Minnesota Wild would be that night. So I I, I can't say I'm overly surprised that Stanley is a, is a potential. But I am quite intrigued as to how the forward lines look because, um, you know, Bones said yesterday, you could have changed the lines all you wanted. No one was particularly very good, so it wouldn't have changed a thing. If Kapari is into the lineup, I would suggest suggest more than normal... There's plenty of guys that might be um sort of the target of bones that might be potentially taking a night off in the press box.
1: Yeah, not sure what it's gonna be. Here's the Jets uh Twitter account tweeting out projected lines. They just put everyone on there. Like we don't know. <laughs> they're I mean, they're they have no they don't know what the coaching staff is gonna do, but I find it funny that this is like, yeah, here it is. We're going uh, 13 cup- and 8. Yeah, 13 and 8. I mean, obviously you can't dress that many people. Um, Brosois starting in goal, not a surprise there. Now, they usually handle these back to back sets with Kahelbach taking the first and Bro getting the second. Well, the Wilder going with Marc Andre Fleury and net. All right, I'm pretty sure they're with Fleury. Yeah, Fleury
0: is yeah. uh, Fleury's going with Fleury tonight, the Wild, so
1: apparently. uh, I mean, so that's how it is, and we'll see what happens. I'm not sure what they're who this is coming out for for Kupari and Stanley. We remember he did do the Bonze drop last year on Kaprizov and. Got wild fans all hot, and you know Kaprasov was injured in that game, and was injured earlier this year against Brandon Dillon. So I don't know if any residual stuff is going to happen, or if it's done. We'll have to wait and see. And I I don't know who's coming out for Kabar. We know he can skate fast, and he doesn't hasn't put a lot of points on the board this year. I think he's got like one or two. It could be wrong, but um I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do there.
0: Um, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we put this to the chat right now? Here's our "why not" question of the day, um, and we'll just focus on the forwards. If Rasmus Kapari is in, who do you think is out? Um, let us know in the chat. Um, I mean, two guys, and listen, I know, and we're going to get to this question about Ehlers going forward. And, I mean, listen, everything everyone knows, I'm a big fan of Ehlers. Uh, I think that he is and can be an absolute game-breaker and a difference-maker. He hasn't been very good lately. I think Cole Perfetti's struggling as well. And I know there's a lot of talk about putting Nikolai Ehlers back up on the top line. Um, obviously... There's was a lot of people that were on Kyle Connor justifiably. I mean, that was, this is going back to Saturday, but the Tyler Myers goal and that ISO of KFC afterwards was a tough, tough look. Um, luckily for Connor, he was given the opportunity to stay up on that line in the third period and certainly made a difference with two massive assists as the Jets, uh, you know, got those two goals in the third period and one, um, he wasn't any good yesterday either. But as Rick bonus mentioned, He had a lot of company. But uh, you let us know on the why not question of the day in the chat as to who you think will be coming out if Rasmus Kapari is coming in. Let's hear from Rick Bonus, And this is a question from Scott Billick, who uh, asked Bones about Ehlers not getting a stay on the top line after playing so well on it.
3: When Nikolaj was with Mark Scheifele, they've outscored
0: the opposition 20-7. to Uh, Connor with Shifley, it's twenty-one to
1: eighteen. Connor with Velarde, it's six to five. Um, just wondering what the disconnect
0: is with then Nikolai on that top line because he, he just doesn't seem to stay there. But when he is there,
3: it it, looks it's looks really so much, much a, well. a disconnect. It's just we're just trying to get the balance with the two lines. That's really what it comes down to. Um, you, you know, Casey and Mark have had a history of playing together a long time. Um, so, you know, you can look at the analytics and, and, that, and that's right. But that that game, that line won us the game in Vancouver. So you see those things as well. Um, so there's no disconnect. It's just a matter of us trying to balance things out a little bit better.
0: Is, is it a trust issue then with Nick? Like, what is it?
4: that keeps him off there like I'm just like I'm looking at, or maybe your internal numbers are different well
3: yeah well you, you know again I don't you can't hide behind analytics there's a lot of other parts to the game that you have to see. So the easy thing is to hide behind that, but there's a whole lot of other parts of the components of this game that play into fact for every player. So um, I, I know that's an, always an option. We always talk about that as an option, uh, and you may see that again very soon. We'll see what happens down the road, but uh, we're, we're coming off of a... It's game to game, and we're coming off of the, one of the best games we played in Vancouver. That line won the game for us, and we'll see where it goes from there.
0: All right, so there's what Bones had to say about that. I'm sure that answer will drive some people nuts. Um, but, Remo, I don't know where you're at on this, and, folks, you can let me know in chat. I mean, I've got a lot of time for the conversation about Nikolai Ehlers playing there. I also I also think that if we're comparing Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, Ehlers is more of a line driver on his own, and I really do think that that's what they're hoping to get uh out of the out of the second line. But I, I I mean, I can't sit here and tell anyone that, you know, watching the last handful of games that Ehlers is playing so well, he's knocking on the door saying, How could you not have him on that top line? Frankly, I think he and Perfetti have been had some real rough games as of late, and I think the production says as much.
1: Yeah, Perfetti's been in a bit of a slump here. Nikolai Ehlers as well, one assist in his last eight games, but I get it. I get the question from Scott. Uh, you know, Ehlers, Villardi and Shafley were tearing it up on the top line when Kyle Connor was out, and since connor has been back, it just hasn't uh, gone as well for Nikolai Ehlers, and, you know, he gets demoted down, and, you know, it seems like they're shuffling up the lines, and they're trying so many different combos, but the combo that worked, they're not going back to. So I think it's a reasonable question, Be like, hey, these guys were playing so well before, uh, why aren't you going back to it? So, uh, we'll see what happens. But he didn't rule out that they would go back to it soon. And it seems like they're always making lines saying, hey, we got to get this guy going, get that guy going. But, you know, nikolai Ehlers is not going right now. Maybe they put them back together. But I'm seeing in chat, and I agree, the bottom line is they, for a while now, they haven't been getting production from that second line. Monahan was in a slump. Velarde was. Those guys scored over the weekend. Perfetti we just talked about. And now nikolai Ehlers, since he's been on line too. And they, you know, scoring was a problem. You know, they're lucky they got four points uh, from Mark Shafley on Saturday and three goals yesterday from Monaghan. But you got to have more, more than one guy uh, scoring in a game. They're going to need more production uh, from, I don't know, the second line or that third line, too. I mean, the, Absolutely. the nino lowry Appleton line was so hot for the beginning of the year, but they haven't really done that much lately. And Tononato axel that one, baron on the fourth line – they were rolling there in December, and those guys are now with the Moose. And although the fourth line needs to contribute as well, I mean, not relied on as much as the other lines, but secondary scoring has been a problem here uh, since the break. And we'll see what, what goes. But I agree with you that Nikolai Ehlers is a guy. I think Scott mentioned on this show, like when he's, you know, playing with certain players, maybe he'll defer to them more. But when he plays with other players, he'll be the guy. You know, he, he'll be more assertive on that line and. I was listening to Kenny and Rennie uh, yesterday. Ken mentioning Ehlers, wh- what one shot attempt on goal. And when Ehlers is playing at his best, I agree. He is shooting a lot more on that. We know he's got a great shot. And, uh, you know, tonight's a good opportunity for them to try and find it against Minnesota.
0: Well, and Schickster mentioned this. And I actually did check. I did listen to this on uh, k last night. He said, had a- Rennie had a great take off someone's comment last night. Get Connor onto the second line to spark that line. I, to be perfectly honest, and I think I just sort of laid this out. I mean, if we're talking about Monahan and Perfetti, and who I think will drive that line more from the other wing position, I'd argue it's Ehlers. And I think that you know they probably will get benef- beneficial matchups there. Um, like this is—I've got a lot of time for Kyle Connor and what he does offensively but I think Nikolai Ehlers is a player that when he's on his game is going to drive and produce more for that line than Kyle Connor will away from Mark Shifley. I mean, the problem is, and this goes back to, and this isn't it really to be, you know, focusing on, on Ehlers or Connor over the weekend, but you know, over the course of this stretch where the team hasn't been scoring, neither of them have they been doing a lot of the things that have made them star players on this team and in this league. Um, but back to Ehlers and Perfetti. I mean, here's a comment from Bones on a, a message, his message to two members of that line that have been slumping. Line two, of course, Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. Here's what he had to say about that. Like where, where
3: well they they, they've had a couple of games where they spent way too much time in our zone and there was just a lot of it was puck management and and, and you're not going to get any momentum to your game if you have poor, poor poor puck management most of your shift time is spent in your zone. So now the energy you need to break away and use your speed and use your skill is used up playing defensive hockey that really is self-inflicted. So we're just trying to get them to keep to make better plays going through the neutral zone, make higher percentage plays. It's as simple as that. We turn the puck over, you're playing defense for the next 20 seconds. You get the puck, you get it back, you're dumping it in. So all your numbers get all screwed up.
0: All right, so there's uh, kind of wrapping it, and we'll talk about this with Hammer coming up when uh, he joins us in just a couple minutes on uh, Ehlers-Perfetti, the Jets' lineup, and how things might look different tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Speaking of the Minnesota Wild, I mean, not lost on anyone is the history between these two teams this year and last year, and how nasty it's gotten at, at times. Here's what Bones had to say about uh, this game this evening, considering recent history between the Jets and Wild.
3: Well, again, it's there's a lot at stake for them. You know, I don't expect them to come out, and uh, I think those things have been dealt with. And you just—it's a whole new game. So, that the players dictate all of that. We wish we had kind of kept it out of the media. That's our side, but it didn't. So you deal with it. But the most important thing for both teams tonight is is the two points, and the, the players will take care of things on the ice. Have you, have
2: you addressed just the dynamic? With your club uh in anticipation of this game you know considering... we, ha-
3: we haven't dealt with this game yet john we th- we dealt with last night and we'll deal with tonight's game tonight players aren't here this morning so we'll deal with it tonight but the focus is on how we play not about the other students that's just noise that's just distractions there's a certainly we want to play the rest will take care of itself
0: um so there's kind of bones focusing on the way his team performed yesterday and what he hopes to see from them, as far as the hockey goes. But John Lou did follow up and ask Joe, uh, Bones if he had uh, Ryan Hartman's name circled on the board tonight. Here's what Bones had to say to that:
2: Knowing that all teams circle players on a board, like for their 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 offensive capabilities and stuff. But a player like Ryan Hartman, who who likes to agitate and stir things up, is he circled
0: on the board in a different way that you? You really expect me to that? answer that?
3: Do you really expect me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, he Ryan, play, he plays the game hard. He's a good player.
0: Uh, a little levity at the end of uh, Bones is uh, <laughs> the end of Bones' presser today. Um, we're going to get to more of this coming up with uh, Jeff Hamilton right away. Um, and tomorrow, looking forward on doing a segment with Norva Riddle from uh, True North uh, Sports and Entertainment because. Um, the jets all in campaign is on right now. We've sort of been waiting and I think everybody knows, um, that, um, and as Mark Chipman put in, uh, in the letter to season ticket uh, members, um, you know, going into the playoffs candidly, um, this team needs to get back to where they were with season tickets and hit that 13,000 mark, uh, to be competitive and to move forward in a healthy fashion. And, you know, with the way the team has played right now so far this season and the excitement coming up on playoffs, now is a great time to get back in with the Winnipeg Jets. And as they say, we'll talk about it more today, but you can find out more at the at the website. Um, but if you put your deposit down for a 2024-2025 membership, as low as 250 bucks for both full, half, and quarter seasons, you'll have priority access to 2024 playoff tickets um, very simply just go to winnipegjetscom slash deposit for more info um, you can see that very nice package the jets sent out to all their season ticket members thanking them for their support getting people ready for the playoffs and explaining the plan moving forward um, so and i mean great savings on playoff tickets as well If you do have a package, I think in and around 34%, if I read that correctly. So we'll have more details on that tomorrow from the hockey club. If you're not at the game tonight, what are you doing? Um, But let's uh, hopefully we can continue moving forward in a real positive way after a real tough start to the season, losing a number of season tickets and get back to where this team needs to be. Uh, So again, we're all in. It's winnipegjets.com slash deposit for more info on priority access to 2024 playoff tickets with the deposit on a package for next season. Um have to shout out our friends at Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists. You know, it's not going to be too long before the big fencing projects are popping up all over the city. And Wallace and Wallace has been the leaders in that since 1946 Uh, And they're also the overhead door specialist with the largest selection in town for your home as the Clopay dealer in Manitoba. Uh, And they can also help you with a garage door that might be giving you issues. I mean, the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. You can always call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today uh, for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know that is Wallace and Wallace. And a big shout-out to the gang down at F Apparel. we got Connor set up, and uh, my pal Mo, who was getting married in uh, Mexico when I was away last week, looking absolutely resplendent in uh, his suit from F Apparel. Uh, did it up, uh, got measured up for it, and, uh, man, looked great for the big day. Um, for uh, all of your menswear needs. Get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at $400, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of men's wear accessories. And if you are getting married or in a wedding party, talk to the guys at F about a 15% discount when the uh, wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. They're at 190 Smith Street downtown. You can make an appointment to pop in and get fitted up and find out more information as well at F that's E P H All right, let's get the hammer in here and get this thing going. Jeff Hamilton. It is great to talk to you again. Uh, busy week last week. I know you were all over the CFL free agency beat. Now the dust has sort of settled on that as we get into this big hockey game tonight.
2: Us, Good to, good to be on. Yeah, definitely a busy week. Um, busy couple weeks, really. It was the, Free signings and it was actual free agency not a lot of action after that but um, they did sign Eric Lofton to presumably be that spot that's left open by Jamarcus Hardrick in the left tackle spot but certainly some busy weeks uh, with with the blue and gold and the CFL in general as I you know as you know I have my call on my my uh, league wide column CFL rundown account comp- I usually write every Wednesday but that got boosted back to Friday last week just because of how busy it was and um, got uh, our, our fearless leader, Jay Bell, um, on vacation now. So I got a little bit of duty editor role today. So uh, just new things all the time, man. Exciting place uh, place to be this journalism job.
0: I was hoping that you'd um, be maybe uh, using your uh, top-notch detective skills for the lowdown on what's going on at the Scotties with Brianna Harris. What a wild curling story to get us into the weekend as well. Still waiting for... Uh, I'd be lying to you if I didn't try, hus. So I, I,
2: I... <laughs> I have a relative who knows someone who's close to her, and I it didn't take long for me to send out a note to my mom. And I'm not even on, you know, I'm just a sucker for gossip and uh, trying to figure out what the answer is. So I did, you know, I wasn't trying too hard, but um, I'm, you know, I just think that whole thing is just bananas. Not just the timing, obviously, on the on the heels of the Scotties here, but just the, you know, the oh, the. Clear, just unwillingness to be transparent. Obviously, it's serious, uh you know, so you got to be a bit careful as far as like, you know, what you can reveal and whatnot, but uh, these things always come out. So I'll just be the patient guy now, I guess, and, and wait with, with, with everybody else to find out what the answer is.
0: Well, um, I mean, listen, I just kind of want to dive in and kind of focus mostly on this hockey game and everything that's happening with the Winnipeg Jets right now. But just before we move on, um, We've talked about the big fish that the Bombers got. What, the, wh- Where is the team at right now going into this next period? And uh, is the focus going to move from Kyle Walters to Danny Mack and Ted Gavaya getting some players that we haven't heard before in the mix with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to fill some pretty significant holes in the l- roster that were left after the inevitable free agent departures?
2: Yeah, Kyle Walters was pretty clear about, uh, you know, where his bank account stands right now. And that just doesn't have a lot of pennies in it to, to give out, to go after anybody who's, you know, looking for market value or and certainly above that. Um, the Bombers are in a tight spot, you know, as I've written, as many have written, the heavy lifting has been done the last few weeks. So, you know, they're in a they're in a good spot. They like where they are. But as far as moving forward, um, like I said, the money is is just not there now. There is a caveat to that. The money is still there to a certain degree, um, you know, for guys like Sergio Castillo, which I think you know, which does continue to be a a money issue, and and whether or not you know he wants to come down to Canada for what the Bombers are offering him, and. You know, there's some other things too. I thought it was very curious not to get too tinfoil hat. And I don't think it's that tinfoil hat, but I'm wondering what's going on in Hamilton. I'm wondering what's taking so long for Sergio Castillo to sign a deal because, you know, he likes it here. He really likes it here. I mean, if you if you um, spoke with him at Grey Cup like I did and heard the things that he's had to say about the team, the organization, uh, the coaching staff, top top to bottom, you'd think the guy would borderline pay for free or play for free. So, um clearly that's not the case and and you know he there is a lot of value to him and and um so I think they're just trying to work that price out and and the same goes for a guy a guy like Janarian Grant now that one was a little bit different from you know the words of Kyle Walters was they couldn't they had a hard time finding him but uh you know in his uh, he's kind of like that it's not like he's M- well I guess in some ways he's MIA but this is not new um, to the bombers or to you know Janarian Grant's agent, like he's just kind of goes off the map for a while and then comes back and then you know in previous years something's something's gotten done that could very well be the case for for this year as well. Uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But as far as those two guys, you know, it, it really is um, there really is not a lot of enough mu- there's really is not a lot of money left. And as you've seen, kind of you know Rasheed Bailey put out a pretty emotional statement over you know, on his podcast, thanking, you know, the city of Winnipeg, like that's how little there is, you know, and this is a guy who, who you know took less than a hundred grand last year to stay here. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, that just goes to show just how tight things are. And I'm not expecting a lot of stuff. And to answer your question, Huss, in this long winded way is that, yeah, it's going to be on Danny McManus and Ted Gavaya to, to find and um, to find those guys out in the, you know, in those U.S. camps to bring in, you know, Guys that are going to compete for those holes and hopefully find someone like a Dalton shown, you know, but as a, you know, maybe as an O lineman or maybe as a, you know, as as a defensive back. And so those are, that's going to be the challenge for those guys. And I think it's an interesting one because in previous years, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for those guys at those U.S. camps. And that played into decisions by those guys to come, come compete. So Uh, It will be interesting and it will be a lot of work, but the Bombers are doing pretty good, all things considered.
0: Well, and you know what? Those guys have a pretty good track record. I remember it was two or three years ago when there were huge questions in the defensive secondary, and I think they brought in like 15 DBs. And the next thing you know, Mm -hmm. D. Alford is earning his way to the National Football League. And, you know, a number of Patrick Nichols, one of the best
2: halfbacks in the league. Evan Holm is up there right now as another guy who's making a name for himself and is going to be expensive. Next season, if he continues to play play the way that he's played, so they've done it before, and they and they're going to be asked to do it again. The unique, the interesting part, though Haas, is that you know the the holes, if you will, are on the are on the line of scrimmage, and you know you know Jeff Gray's obviously going to be moving on. They like what they have in Liam Dobson to Eli, so I don't know if it's that big of a of a jump necessarily, but we don't know. We haven't seen those guys in the starting rotation in the past. And, of course, feeling that Jamarcus Hardrick spot at left tackle. And then you look at the D-line and you gotta, you got to fill that spot uh, for Jackson Jeffcoat, which could be Haba. Habba. Um, and then you also have Ricky Walker, who's not back. And so that defensive tackle position is another spot that is, for the most part, leaned on uh, scouting staffs. If you were to ask, you know, around the league, the easiest kind of players are to find in that secondary or find on, on D-tackle. But my point being is that, the, the Bombers have been so locked down the line of scrimmage, as you often hear in this league, is that, you know, to win the game is often the team that can bully the other one on the line. So, just the fact that heading into this season, the question marks are on the defensive and offensive line is just an interesting situation for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, compared to previous years here now.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's certainly something we'll be uh, revisiting in our conversations moving forward, but uh, let's get to the hockey team. We um, <laughs> Uh, we'll get to tonight in a minute. What do you make of the weekend? I mean, first and foremost, I mean, the power play reemerged four power play goals. that I think is given um has ceased a lot of angst. Um, they scored some goals, which was nice as many on the weekend than they did in the previous seven games. But uh, as nice as it was to see that first line take over the game and uh, you know win and again in Vancouver against a really tough team. What a dud yesterday by uh, by the Jets. And uh, certainly you heard Rick Bonus. I don't know how many times we heard him use the word soft in his postgame presser. Yeah. But it was three or four. Um, probably about as an agitated and disturbed uh, Bones all season with the way that his team played yesterday uh, coming out of that huge win against the top team in the NHL.
2: Yeah, you don't really like to be, you know, as a player, you certainly don't like to be called soft. It's probably the worst thing you can get called um at least that's pg um you know it, it's it's interesting right because all these things that were working so well early in the season we're kind of predictable to drop off at this time of year when things started to ramp up, when the games, when the team, you know, other teams across the league, again, are jockeying for position. If you're in the playoffs, you want to maintain your spot. If you're not in the playoff picture, obviously you want to get into it. And so this is when you up your game. And I don't know if you could rely on the scoring of the third line in the, you know, like like the Jets did for the first half of the season in the back half. You know, I was talking to a couple other colleagues here, like you're not going to get the, you know, the Dominic Toninato hero game in game 65 you're going to get that in game 35 you know like it's it's just a different time of season so it's you know you got to rely more on on um, you know your top six and I think with the, the Winnipeg Jets is they're not you know they're, they're just they don't have any answers for that second line and and you know I know fans are frustrated with that top line as well I mean it's nice that the power play is going but it's that five on five game that needs to be better now and it's just You know, you can, you mentioned Rick Bonus and his frustration. I mean, it's clear, it's clear this team has no idea what to do with Nikolai Ehlers. It's just, it's just obvious. And whether that's, you know, players in the past who haven't wanted to play with him, or it's been a challenge to play with him, or if it's, if it's what Nikolai Ehlers is doing, like the Jets need to figure out an answer for him and quick and like, you know, I just, I just don't, you know, I just don't seem to understand what's happening with that, you know, with his ice time, with, with his, you know, his standing with the team. I mean, there's things that happen to Nikolai Ehlers and it's, it's funny because it sounds like I'm beating up on him and I'm not like, I think I'm saying things that he wants answers to at this point. I mean, how can you look at players like Kyle Connor, give up, you know, a chance for a goal and not have any repercussions for it and then be the guy that. Well, yes, you made a mistake. Every time you seem to make a mistake, it's like you're on the, you know, you're getting pushed down the, you know, you're getting pushed down the 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 depth chart. It just doesn't. This team needs to figure out where Nikolai Ehlers stands. And I don't want to be the, you know, the guy everyone's yelling at here. But like, if you can't figure out what the answer is for for Nikolai Ehlers, then what about the other teams that might want him? I just don't, you know, like how many times like this guy's been on this team for how many years? And we don't know really what he's like with Mark Shifley besides a small sample size. And it's been good. It's just, you know, it's just the fact that we're even questioning it after all this time is, is just interesting. And then there's Cole Perfetti. I mean, you, you can, you can see the frustration with brick bonus on Cole Perfetti and like, you know, I, is this guy ready for, for, for prime time? Is he ready to take a larger role? Is he, is he being asked to do too much? Is he getting played too little? Like, He's just not playing like a guy that you need to be playing um, this way at this point in the season. And it's fascinating to me that, of all the, you know, all the fascinating, not surprising, is that of all the talk we've been getting into about who's going to be the center depth on this team, who's going to be the second, Perfetti's name is hardly even tossed out anymore. Like the idea of this guy being a natural center. Is not even suggested, and that's I think that's an indictment of how he's playing. So I think they need to fig they have a major problem here in trying to figure out where Nikolai Ehlers fits and how to get the best out of Cole Perfetti. And unless that happens, this team, you know, is in is in a bit of trouble. I I don't think you can rely on that third line anymore. I mean, Mason Appleton isn't scoring nearly to the pace as he was earlier in the year, and so I think there's a a bit of question marks here and whether the answer is trade deadline, whether the answers are in-house, that's not, you know, my job to figure out. That's obviously the job of the Winnipeg Jets. The good news, of course, is that they're still very much in the playoff picture. They're still doing well. It's not time to panic, but it is time to iron out some of the wrinkles that have been around for some time.
0: Yeah, the Ealers. I mean, the Ealers topic is so fascinating because at times he um, looks like an absolute superstar. And, and I still maintain that when he's on, And I think the reason why he is in the spot that he is, he can absolutely drive that line. And if you have a player like Nikolai Ehlers being the offensive catalyst for a second line with what the Jets have on that first line, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what they intended to have happen when they laid things out the way they did after the Monaghan trade. It just hasn't happened as of late. And listen, he certainly hasn't been the only guy in a slump. Um But And and I do get a lot of the conversations, okay, especially when you score seven goals in seven games. I mean, if there's not a time at that point where you you change things up, which Rick Bonas did at times, um, when when would it be? But it's very clear, Shifley and Connor, they like together. I mean, we had talked about potentially moving Ehlers up in Velarde's spot, which we did see at at a time, um, but it went back there. I just... I don't know whether you feel differently. I mean, based on your options for that top line, Ehlers, to me, is the guy that can, when he's on, drive that second line and be a difference maker. And, yeah, is it maybe going to be two minutes less ice time than the top line? Potentially. Probably getting better matchups, though. Um, But just, I mean, since Monaghan has come by, and really dating even before then, we're not seeing the best out of either of those guys, and um, you know, ending that slump. I thought Perfetti just about had—he had one good scoring chance yesterday, that just about got through. Um, but Ehlers was an absolute non-factor last night. And I do get people going, "Why are you on the first line?" Well, I'll tell you what—I mean, play like you did yesterday, and never mind first, never mind second line. You're going to have a tough time seeing the ice if you're that ineffective.
2: Oh, and you know. Make no mistake, man. Rick Bonus has evolved over time, and 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 that speaks to why he's he's coached over several decades here, generations, if you will. Um, but uh, but he's old school, man, and he sees that shit like where players fly by a guy, and you know, or player flies by a guy and doesn't put the stops on. Like that's the kind of stuff that used to get you cut. And I mean, obviously, we're not talking about cutting Nikolai Ehlers here, and there is some onus on him too. I mean, there has to be a bit of a I'm a happy medium here, right? Because you, you know how explosive Nikolai Ehlers is. We, you know, the underlying numbers, the eye test suggests how good he can be at five on five about, you know, gaining zone zone entries like he's the king at it. Like, we you know that's the value that comes with Nikolai Ehlers and you know some of the issues that come with Nikolai Ehlers, but I'd say those are the same issues, not exact same, but almost a similar relationship that the Winnipeg Jets have with Kyle Connor, right? I mean, it, it's just like, but yet... Kyle Connor, I mean, you're you're giving him everything to get better, to get out of it, much like you would with Blake Wheeler in previous years. This guy's having a slump. Rather than shitting on him, you're 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 giving him all the tools and resources to get a bounce back. that happened with Kyle Connor when he got back from injury, right? And so the the, the problem is is that with Nikolai Ehlers, I find it's just like you don't give him the tools and the pieces to be around. Yeah, you can get frustrated with a couple of games. Heck, pick any player on the team and watch them in a 10-game stretch. There's going to be about two or three games that you don't like, in you know, in that stretch of games. And, and Nick Leilers is no less. Yet, when, when, when whatever happens, um, when something bad happens or there's a give-up or, a, a, you know, a goal that's created because of Nikolai Ehlers' play—it's like all of a sudden it's just like nope. We're you know that's what we thought. You know, kind of feeling there. At least that's what it feels like on the outside. And whereas if those other guys like a Kyle Connor I mentioned has a similar situation, it's like it's like it never happened. You know, there's no real calling out after post game or anything like that. But that being said, I think we're going to see an energized Nikolai Ehlers tonight. And Obviously, this is a big game against the Wild. Um, you know, I think Ehlers is it. You need to have Ehlers playing the best hockey now. And that's the case for every single player. But when you have a guy who you know whose skill set can drive lines, who can dictate games, you need to have him playing his best. And something needs to give where, you know, Nikolai Ehlers just feels comfortable around here enough to be that player
0: every night. You know, uh, listen, I mean, and a lot of this, when we're talking about Ehlers, it's going to come back to Connor because you do make a point. There are many similarities in their games. Certainly Kyle Connor has scored At a much higher level, I mean, with the 47-goal season, many would say, though, part of it is the situation that he's been, playing on the power play consistently, playing on that top line. Um, I mean, listen, there was a play on Saturday night that was about as tough a look as you'll get. I mean, uh, Connor getting walked by Tyler Myers and then basically just kind of gliding into the zone as Myers went around the other guys that were already dealing with other players and put it in the net to tie the game. And if I recall correctly, that was in the second period. I, I'm sure something was said on the bench. If it wasn't said on the bench, it was said at the, uh, at the intermission. And this was a game that, you know, they had already had a little bit of offensive success scoring a couple goals. I'm not sure if things go differently in the third period, whether we hear a very different Rick bonus after the game or potentially some changes moved. However... I will give Kyle Connor credit that as ugly as that play looked, he was front and center in the two goals in the third period being in on it, and then had two assists in the first period yesterday. So there has been a little bit more production as of late from Kyle Connor. But I think whether we're talking about Connor, and I'll put Shifley, I'll put Velarde, I'll put Ehlers, I mean, that performance yesterday was far less about scoring and creating things, about not doing the things that. Rick Bonus expects from every player on his team to uh, play their part when it comes to uh, keeping the uh, goals out of their net and uh, helping their goaltender out, which they didn't do very well as a team yesterday, I thought.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Haas. I think that was an example of abandoning the structure. For what reasons? Uh, I don't know. Um, but to your point about what Rick said after the game, I think that was his way of not so you know, subtly suggesting that that's not the expectations of, 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 how this team is going to play. And so, you know, I, the reality is, is this team, any team that's, you know, buying for a, a playoff spot is, is going to take their game to a next level needs to be consistent in their play. And I think that's been the difference here is, you know, where, where it used to be, Three, four, five games in a row, maybe one game off. It's feeling more like one game they're playing their style, the next game they're not. One game they're playing the style, the next they're not, and that is obviously the definition of inconsistency. So I think it's just a frustration from Rick Bonus, who looks at a team, understands that playing that way for 82 games is a similar challenge that Paul Maurice used to have, right? Paul Maurice, it wasn't like he didn't want to, he didn't want his players to be hard on the puck. It's just that as the season went on, asking them to do that night in and night out became a grind. And I think, you know, this obviously is a different structure. It seems to be one that the team has adopted well and and, and knows is a recipe for success. It's now finding that game in and game out and not having the highs and lows of a game dictate how you're going to play and just trusting that process i think maybe if we had to sum it into anything it's not a distrust of the process the process, the process has worked long enough to, to still fully believe in it it's just a little bit of a movement away from the process that i think is affecting the long term and we're not seeing you know the same look of the same style of play from the first line that we are through de- through Uh, you know line two three and four and i think that style is or that lack of style that bonus is expecting is is starting to weigh on him and he's frustrated he's now voicing it for quite a bit of time there he was still couching a lot of this post-game stuff with you know okay i like this i like that it was almost like a different version a more detailed version if you will of paul maurice's i liked our game um you know and so i think that I think that just kind of hit a bit of a crescendo, lot you know, after the after the Calgary game, just in the style in which the the Jets looked so good at the beginning and then not, so bad by the end. That you know, I think again, it's it's that playing that consistent level that when things started to go really bad for the Jets, instead of relying on the system that they, that got them here, they tend to you know pull audibles and try to create on their own. And and once that happens, I think it's Bonus's job, obviously, to uh, nip it in the
0: bud. Based on everything that we heard from Bones over the weekend and this morning it sounds like there's a likelihood that Logan Stanley and Rasmus Kapari are going to be in the lineup tonight. Who do you think comes out? Hmm. I don't know. Um Specifically forward. I mean, I think that if Stanley's in Schmidt's probably out, I mean, I, 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 I would, I would be shocked if it was anybody else. Well, I think, I mean, do you, are you suggesting
2: anybody on the top nine forwards? I think it's almost kind of obvious, doesn't it?
0: Like, well uh, yeah I mean I think there's a chance that Cole Perfetti's in the press box tonight well that's always are we there like I was gonna I mean if that's
2: where you were leaning towards us like are we are you there yet is that frustration there yet I mean do you take I mean Cole I don't Perfetti, know if do you take Cole Perfetti out of the lineup to because you're punishing him for his play and how will he react to that are you taking him out of the lineup to create some of the you know, maybe to alleviate some of the drama or, 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 you know, emotion that's going to come into the game from him talking about the live mic in Ryan Hartman? Is he be, so I don't think you lean on the second part. I think that would be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, maybe we are at that point. I mean, if, if here's the thing, Huss, is that I'm with you. I, I, I lean more to the fourth line because that's just, what teams usually do when they when they want to add a shakeup. And then if you want to take that guy and replace him with one of your top nines, you can do that in game. It, it is a message. It's a, it's a media circus. As soon as you start, you know, healthy scratching guys that at this point in the season, you're expecting to be key co- contributors. However, to your point um, is that if we are to believe Rick bonus and what he has said since he's arrived last season, that ice time is earned. It's not just given you know, then maybe they are headed that way. Maybe there is an opportunity for Cole Perfetti to sit out a game, to watch from the press box, to just maybe just, you know, soak it in. I just, I don't know. That would be a decision obviously by the team. They would know better than me on what the effects that might be of Cole Perfetti and, if, and whether it's worth it or if you just go down to the whole idea that this guy's giving us a better chance of winning in the lineup than a mm-hmm. Cole Perfetti. I mean, you can justify that. It's just going to have to come with a lot of questions and answers that follow up with
0: it. Well, and and, I mean, you kind of did Nick on it again. I'm not suggesting that he's going to be. I'm just saying that, like, if you had, if we had even talked about the possibility of this two, three, four weeks ago, I'd say not in a million years. But you know, considering the recent struggles um, and considering you know his his play as of late, um, as well as what bones has has been saying pretty clearly and looking at the ice time i mean i think he and ehlers were only on for a couple shifts in the third period of the game in vancouver now that added to the fact that you know morgan Barron was out so they basically went went with three lines um but but there's also the hartman um situation and you know you bring it up in that in that sense and i'm not sure it isn't both an opportunity maybe to you know, give him a, a, a break, um, you know, watch which happens often and maybe guys get away from it. But uh, the other side of that, do you think – I wouldn't be surprised if Perfetti is a consistent target tonight of the Minnesota Wild considering everything that's happened. And, you know, that is that adds a whole other um, uh, wrinkle to this uh, situation, if you will, tonight.
2: Yeah. A wrinkle that's pretty interesting i heard rick bonus talk about i heard rick bonus talk about uh, how he wishes it didn't get leaked to the media hmm wonder where that came from um you know this idea that like yeah you, you you might be right you might be right about um maybe he does maybe it is to prevent him from injury i mean that again that's a pretty interesting suggestion well you know even if it is possibly true it's just you know i I think refs will be looking at that. So I, I don't think that you necessarily need to to protect him per se, but yeah, that might play into it. I mean, this is, uh, and it hasn't been that long since they last played. It was to close out the new year. So it, to me, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, you look at, you look at, again, it goes back to how is Cole Perfetti going to handle this from the outside and the interactions I've had with Cole Perfetti. I don't think that he would, you know, pick up his ball and leave or, or or get, you know, I'm sure he'd get frustrated. I think you would want any player who wants to play every single game, who wants to be relied on by his team to get angry or, or you know, frustrated if he's not in the lineup. Um, but I don't think that he's, you know, I think he's uh, you got a good head on his shoulders. He, he is the kind of person who might benefit um, in the long run in moments like that, right, or get a chance to step back. And in your, in, in your suggestion, how does prevent from maybe – taking a stick or, or, or being on the receiving end at the same time, I think that's part of growth in this league. You know, I think this, you you know, if you're going to have to, you know, protect a guy or shield a guy from every situation that he, you know, he, you can argue he put himself into, um, you know, what does that say about him being soft? What does that, you know, what does that say about the next time, you know, the, the Minnesota wild play against them. Like it's not going to, it's not, if anything, I would say that the, you know, you, you show up on the ice and then it goes away. Like this, you know, this is kind of the closing chapter, the Perfetti book, if you will, if he plays tonight, whereas if he doesn't play tonight and, you know, you got to wait till the next time these two oh, teams that, meet, I just think it lingers on a little longer. That's all. That's a good time. Good
0: point. And, and just for the record, I would not do it. I'd have Perfetti in the game tonight because I think that a, this is a huge chance, um, for him in particular, but not without a ton of company from yesterday to bounce back. But I also think this is going to be emotional game. This is going to be a physical game. This is going to be a game that is going to bring the best out of Paul. Maurice always talked about his group of men. The guys are going to have to step up and be exactly that tonight against a Minnesota wild team that is going to be feeling it after that ridiculous game they had yesterday. Um, but also wanting to stick it to the Winnipeg Jets. This is a legitimate rivalry. This is going to feel like, I think, a playoff game in some ways. And here's the thing. If Cole Perfetti is going to help the Winnipeg Jets when it matters the most, he's going to need to be able to play his game and play at a high level against an opponent like the Minnesota Wild. I can't imagine a better opportunity than tonight for a guy like that. And that's why I think Ehlers and Perfetti – presuming that they're in the lineup, which I hope they are, should get you know an opportunity to go out and you know kind of show their coach that they're ready for a game like this against the Minnesota Wild. Because if you can't get that sort of play from those players, and listen, you can include some others, but we're talking about these two guys right now. This is that game that I think gives you a little bit of a glimpse into what happens after game 82, playing against whether it's Dallas or um, uh, you know, the Dallases or certainly teams in the Pacific division like the Vegas Golden Knights, who they saw last year in the playoffs.
2: I think this is the I, I think you nail it. I think this is a perfect example of, you know, this is gonna have that playoff feel. There's no doubt about it. You have two teams that, you know, you have the Winnipeg Jets who are looking to right their ship, if you will, and and get back into their winning ways. And you have a team in Minnesota that's fighting for, you know, a playoff spot and and, you know, a chance to compete for that Stanley Cup. So, of course, it's going to be that way. And, I mean, Minnesota is not, you know, that the temper's flared, you know, and it, it felt more than just on-ice stuff, right? I mean, if you look at, you know, obviously the off-ice talk and, and uh, you know, focus on it. And, and so I think this is, you know, I think this is going to be a great game for the Winnipeg Jets. This is going to maybe be that, injection of energy and emotion that's maybe been missing for the last couple weeks maybe that you know this isn't manufactured emotion this is real raw intensity and i think that's going to be a thing that's going to wake the Jets up. And at, and at the same time, to, to piggyback off your point, Huss, is that I think it's going to show Rick bonus. Who's ready for this type of hockey. If you can't get up for this game against a divisional rival at home, you know, where you're, where you're, you know, staking your claim as being one of those teams, that's going to be a contender for this, for the Stanley cup. Cause I don't know about you, man, but I've been looking and reading around and, as teams as as people start writing articles on who's gonna be contenders for the for the Stanley Cup this this year, and I'm talking about in recent weeks, I'm not seeing the Jets name listed nearly as often as I was before that. So I mean there's some there's some pride here. There's a lot on the line. If you can't get up for this one and and uh, you know play against a team that's gonna force you to give a care like then then yeah I think it's gonna it's gonna reveal a lot to to Rick bonus and that's why I think I'm fascinated. I'm gonna be tuning in for sure, not that I don't already um, for the post game comments, because, you know, depending on, doesn't matter which way this game goes, I'm going to be interested to see uh, what Rick Bonus has to say about his players after what will, you know, surely be an emotional tilt from start to finish.
0: Now, um, you know, just moving to the blue line for a minute and assuming that Stanley's in, speaking of opportunities, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that would prefer Stan not be in the lineup. Um, I would suggest that if he has any hope, Of being more regular than he has been over the course of this entire season. That this game tonight, considering what we just talked about. What could be awaiting after game 82 as a chance for him to step into the lineup. Step up and do the things that have been missing in his game. And that is be physical. Use that six foot seven frame. Use the uh, physicality that he has and potentially more against a team like Minnesota to show that he's ready for this right now. I mean, uh, this, assuming that Stanley is in tonight, this might be the biggest test of his career when it comes to, if he's going to be playing this season, potentially in the playoffs or as a Winnipeg jet beyond this year, which I think is still very much up in the, up in the air.
2: I love your uh, ability to add, to spark to this already, uh, he did an emotional game here, Hus, but I'll argue that that's been the case for, for, for Logan Stanley since the start of last season, every single disagree. time, that, every single time <laughs> that gate opens for, for, for the big guy, that is a, it, it is an audition for not just whether or not you're going to be a piece of this puzzle for this team and moving forward for us, you know, a playoff run, hopefully a long playoff run, as the Jets hope for, or you're going to be on somebody else's roster. I mean, this is this is exactly what you know, Logan Stanley is has to be thinking every time he, you know, his name gets called in in uh, you know for for a game. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it does. There's obviously something that the Winnipeg Jets see in him, whether it's fear of somebody else taking him for free on the waiver wire or just inability or waiting to see this thing come out of him after you know years of since since drafting him. But this is, you know, this is is the same, right? It's 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 the same as everybody else. It's gonna be an emotional game, it's gonna be a tough game, but where it differs for Logan Stanley is this is kind of the environment in which they expect you to excel in. Like, I don't, you know, like, I think you'd hope that a guy like Cole Perfetti or Nick Nikolaj... is why is, he's
0: on the team. Exactly,
2: is, <laughs> would, 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 would excel in these kind of situations. You hope everybody is able to manage it, you know, no matter what your skill set is. But when you're Logan Stanley, this environment that has been set up for tonight's game is exactly the environment that you're supposed to excel in. And if we don't see one of Logan Stanley's best games tonight... I think you got a little bit of an answer of what you got with this guy. And moving forward, it's tough to do one-game samples on a guy, but we're past one-game samples with Logan Stanley. This is now – this is where it comes in. They're going to expect you to, to be in the – you know, to play smart, first and foremost. No one's asking you to go run guys out there, but to play physical, to play hard, to give guys a tough – you know – lives in front of the net to to play whatever, you know, situation. If you're on penalty kill to get the puck out, like, this is playoff hockey for you. Logan Stanley should be entering every single game like it's a playoff game for his career. And if he isn't doing that yet, then, you know, he's in big trouble or bigger trouble than what we thought. But this is exactly the setup that Logan Stanley needs. And I think this is where you need to, you know, we need to see him do well. Like, he's a mild-mannered guy. Like, that's the interesting part, too. Like, he's a big dude, but he doesn't come across as, like, you know, like a like a like a lunatic that maybe you'd want to see some guys. He he is a calm and composed guy, but he needs to have the inner beast inside him come out and be that player that the Jets need him to be, and will be a very physical, emotional, with potential of things boiling over tonight. So your six seven guy better be involved and not be uh you know not be someone you're not talking about at the end of the
0: game. Well, and and, and listen, we can't forget about the history that Stanley has for the Wild. I mean, everyone in Winnipeg is on the war path for Ryan Hartman. But that fan base and that team's been that way since early last year, um, when, uh, as Remus referred to it, uh, Caprice have got the bonsai drop on uh, on uh, on uh, on him from uh, from Stan. And again, caprice himself said that that was just an awkward play; he wasn't trying to hurt him, but that didn't seem to matter. So you add that in. Like, do you think this game gets stupid tonight? Hope so. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean, I mean
2: yeah abs- absolutely man i mean why wouldn't it be could you imagine if it was just like like a lazy just, tuesday I mean, night just, it, yeah. hey, or even or even even that even even just a strong seating game like i don't know like I, don't you want to see fireworks so like, you really want you know this is what sells the league this is what sells the nhl is its intensity you know what i mean like you know i steal this from jeff merrick on his podcast i love and i'm probably gonna to murder this lion but it's like yeah the only issue with fighting is you might have to you might have to build bigger buildings so like you know like <laughs> so like you know that you know and I know that's a whatever I like the physical play I like that stuff but of course there should be I mean it, it would be disappointing in a game like this that you know I think when you have a true rivalry there's potential for things to boil over at any moment right you you you, you grow to hate each other you don't like each other and there is not a shortage of hate between the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets. So, so I would I would be very disappointed if this if this game doesn't get off the rails. I mean, I'm not wishing on anybody getting hurt or anything like that, but I definitely want to see emotion. I definitely want to see a team, two teams that are angry and and mad at each other, and and just adding to the to the uh you know, adding to that um that rivalry, right? You want to sell tickets, get teams that are mad at each other. Get like I've been saying this forever, right? and it doesn't matter what league it is, like every league could afford to be a little bit more WWE. Now I'm not saying to get off the point here and be like, you know, uh, gimmicky, but, it, but selling that and being like, not stop having this, like, Buttoned up take on every single thing you're talked about. Like you just bitched about this guy cutting your lip to media before. Like you're gonna ignore that that doesn't exist. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers took a horrible hit from Ryan Hartman. You're gonna pretend that that doesn't exist. You're not. You're gonna pretend that the guy they didn't force you for you know to step up the second game of the of the of the back to back earlier this year and fight and, and and answer for what you did before. I mean, if you aren't angry at this team and you're and I'm applying this to players on both sides of, of the ice here then what are you doing? Of course I'm expecting this thing. I, I, this should be one of the most exciting games of the season, and I'll be very disappointed <laughs> if it doesn't crack the top ten.
0: Uh, and, and I don't think it is at all a coincidence that of all the Tuesday games the Jets have on their schedule, and there's a lot of them, the ticket sales for this one have been brisk ever since New Year's Eve. Hammer, great convo as, uh, as always. Uh, we'll look forward to this one tonight and uh, catch up with you real soon. Appreciate it as always.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Hust. I'm just going to go take a run right now, burn off some of this energy. You got me ready for tonight's game, so Let's appreciate it. it. And it. Uh, and shout out to the commenters. You know you make the show. Have a great one, Huss.
0: Oh, great stuff with Jeff Hamilton. Of course, you can read all of his work in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press and give me a follow on Twitter, at Jeff K Um We did start it off with a uh, bit of a CFL hit and uh, the latest on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, of course, when we're talking bombers on Winnipeg Sports Talk, we do it for Princess Auto the proud sponsors of the Bombers home at Princess Auto Stadium now I cannot wait for the upcoming season and of course to see what else sort of falls into place as the Bombers get ready for training camp of course Princess Auto will welcome Bomber fans to the stadium in the preseason and throughout the year both the Princess Auto tailgate into now the newly renamed Princess Auto Stadium of course Princess Auto this is also where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see it on Panette Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Um, I cannot wait to get to Royal Sports over the next couple of days because the Super Bowl champion merch is coming in. I missed you all last week getting to do the victory lap. There still will be some at some point, but it's all about the Jets and Wild tonight. Uh, But yes, Super Bowl championship gear is coming in. And while you're there, check out the biggest selection of Jets merchandise in town. All your favorite jerseys, all styles, players, names, numbers, you know it. Big Bomber section, not to mention the best hockey section in town. And just in time for spring break for all you snowboarders, boots, bindings, decks, and all getting ready for your spring break trip. It's all there at Royal Sports, 750 Pemita Highway. Give them a follow on Insta as well at Royal Sports Pemata for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And uh, shout out to the gang of Boston Pizza Charleswood. uh, Met a big crew of friends yesterday for a rather disappointing game. Uh, If you're not lucky enough to have a ticket for the game tonight, I would suggest your next best place to be is at BP with the game on the big screen with big sound, ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And, of course, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. And a perfect kind of segue into bringing in our great friend Jesse Pierce, because as we were at BP yesterday, watching the Jets and Flames, my buddy J-Mac next door, or beside me, goes, you are not going to believe this, hands me the score app with what had happened at the beginning of the third period between the Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. Jesse Pierce joins us now. Jesse, it's great to see you. Uh, Before we get to the much-awaited rematch between the Jets and and Wild tonight, what the hell happened yesterday with the Wild and the
4: Canucks? I have no clue. I blacked out, Huss. Like I completely blacked out. Like I looked up, they had scored toward the end of the second to make it five three. Like, sure, fine. Well, my gamer was set. JT Miller had a hat trick by that point. It was gonna be easy breezy, no big deal. And then the Minnesota Wild come out in the third period and it's boom, boom, boom. Like I had to go back and watch replays just to make sure I was accurate in who how the sequences worked out. I mean, granted, the five-on-three power play was clicky to say the least. That's a big reason why the goals were coming like they were for anybody that didn't get to dive into it. It wasn't all five-on-five five goals. Those were four power play goals in a row, but it was absolutely incredible. Like looking back, I'm still kind of reeling in the chaos from it today because I don't think you'll ever see a game like that ever again in your entire life, especially covering the Minnesota Wild, where it tends to not happen very often with goal scoring. But a game like that was incredible. And uh, Minnesota comes away with some big points against the West number one team in Vancouver.
0: You know, and what a weird weekend for the Canucks. I mean, they had a a pretty fun game against the Jets and gave up two in the third period on Saturday night. And then the number one team in the league, yo, you give up two? How about giving up seven? (laughs) In a period, and uh, it certainly seems like that top line right now for the Minnesota Wild is feeling it. And uh, all you needed to do was check the box score yesterday to see how much damage they did.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's about time. It's been a very slow, slow start for all of the Minnesota Wild team, but namely Jule Eriksson, Matt Boldy, and Karel Kaprizov. John Hines finally putting those three back together in the past a little bit here, and it's been absolutely outstanding. Kaprizov had six points last night. Jule Eriksson had six points last night. The first time since 1993 that two teammates have each had six points in a game, Wayne Gretzky a part of that back in that 93 uh, time, and then Matt Boldy also putting in four, Matt Zuccarello with four points. I mean, All of the good offensive things are finally happening. Not just that top line, but the top six forwards in general have really been producing. It's been showing up on the score sheet. There's been just a high effectiveness there. And like I said, it's about darn time. You're paying these guys. All the big bucks superstars show up. And unfortunately for Minnesota, that hadn't always been the case. But in the past month or so here, uh, it's been really good. And it's certainly propelling Minnesota as they continue to find their way into the playoff race.
0: You know, just listening to that game or watching and kind of keeping tabs of it, it did remind, and I know there's many Jet fans will remember, the first year of the Jets uh, coming here from Atlanta. They went to Philly and played a game that they won 9-8. And it is a game that we still joke and talk about. I think that 10-7 game yesterday is going to be that place for uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Hey, listen, before we get to uh, tonight's game and everything that surrounds it, um, first off, uh, tell us about the acquisition of Declan Chisholm, um, what you've heard from management about uh, picking up him on waivers. Of course, he did get his first NHL goal a couple of games ago and um, how he's fitting in so far and uh, you know, getting in the lineup and whatnot.
4: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, and it's funny, we talked mm-hmm. about this in this week's episode of Bardown Beauties, too, because we haven't been able to see a heck of a lot. He makes his debut with the Minnesota Wild in an overtime loss against the Buffalo Sabres. As you mentioned, Huss gets his first career goal there. Um, he's been unnoticeable, but in a good way. I mean, he's paired down on that third pair. He was with John Merrill for his first two games. It sounds like he will be with Dakota Mermis tonight as John Merrill looks to be an odd man out there. Um, but I like that he's unnoticeable, right? I mean, he's doing kind of the right things. He's great on the second power play unit. And I think that's been a big thing. I think that was kind of always the big question mark. John Merrill was kind of quarterbacking that second play unit. Alex Goligosky had some looks, but they really never found anybody that fit. And Declan Chisholm, I think that's his high mark from John Hines is that he can QB that second unit and, and kind of see some success there. So I'm excited to start paying a little bit more attention because obviously in the Vancouver game, I was paying a little bit more attention to the offensive end of the ice versus the defensive <laughs> back end for Minnesota. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Again, he's a young guy. I know he's excited to be a part of this team and like I mentioned being on that third pair, he's got some good opportunity there.
0: Well, and what an interesting um spot for him to be in tonight. Coming in with the visitors to play a team where he was of course on that team when so much of the bad blood and the rivalry has gotten going. We've been talking about this game ever since the game in the Twin Cities on New Year's Eve. What has it been like? I know it's probably not a daily uh, a daily chat, and there's been a lot of hockey this weekend, but how much have uh, people on the wild side been uh, looking forward to the 20th of February and all that comes along with tonight's rematch?
4: I mean, I was looking to rent a car and head my way up to Winnipeg. If we hadn't had Vancouver in town and having to cover that game, I probably would have been there because I think there'll be some fireworks. Understandably so. Now I also look at it as we chatted with Ryan Hartman the other day at practice, and it's the first time we probably discussed it since things had cooled down after all of the uh, the hubbub comes out about you know the retaliation and what had happened, yada yada. And Hartman feels that it's quieted. He's confident. He's going to go in. He said, whatever happens, happens. And I'm sure that's the same end that you're going to hear from Jets players as well. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I do have to feel that It feels like it was so long ago, yet not, right? I mean, it's going to be very questionable. I think there's concern for Kirill Kaprizov because, unfortunately, he's had some bad breaks. I go back to his first injury that happened last year. That was a hockey play that he fell awkwardly. The Brendan Dillon thing I thought was taken care of, but apparently not. So it'll be very interesting, to say the least. But I know I heard you guys talking about it before I jumped on here it does make it exciting. I mean, it's not just a Tuesday night hockey game anymore, right? It's Winnipeg versus Minnesota. I've always loved this rivalry and I think it'll get a little heated. I am curious. Minnesota is without some of their big bodied enforcer, no Marcus Felino, no Pat Maroon. So they don't necessarily have anybody that would step up in that absence. You might see a Brandon Duhame do a little something, but um, I'm curious to see how it all unfolds. I think from the drop of the puck, we'll be able to see where tensions lie. Uh, But I know Minnesota wild fans, as I'm sure jets fans are really amped up and ready to go uh, for this evening's puck drop.
0: Well, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's been what six or seven weeks since these teams played that, that back to back, which created so much bad blood, but it was, I mean, this was a story around the league for a good week coming out of it. I mean, what Hartman did, the fact that the Jets were very upfront with saying, "Oh yeah, he said he was going to do it, and it's on tape, and, uh, and all of that." I mean, that is just not something that you normally have around any game, never mind a, a game with as much bad blood as that uh, this one certainly has. I think on both sides.
4: You know, and I will say, we asked Ryan Hartman once again the other day, "Did you in fact say that this is for Kirill Kaprizov, or whatever the exact verbiage was?" And he said. No, I did not say that. So there is still going to be that he said, she said, or in this case, he said, he said situation that I am. I'm just curious as to how that all works out. More importantly, Minnesota needs to win. They need these points. I mean, you cannot forget that they are two points out right now from that second wild card in the West. So they also have to play smart, right? I mean, you have to go in there and be... gung-ho from the beginning i mean minnesota has found itself trailing in a ton of these games even during the six game point streak that they are now on so they have to play smart hockey while also playing with that intensity that they know the winnipeg jets are going to bring so i am i'm excited i think it's going to be a fun one i'm hoping it's going to be a fun one right even with the uh, the glove dropping and the animosity that might come with it um, I'm excited to see how it all shakes
0: out. Well, and, and, you know, we were just talking with Jeff coming in. I mean, uh, there's all this focus on what happened with Perfetti and Hartman and Ehlers and Hartman. Um, but it looks like Logan Stanley's going to be in the lineup tonight. And Logan has not played very much this year. He got in for three games last week when Brendan Dillon was out with the suspension. But other than that, has basically been in the press box and, I don't believe he played in the first two games this season. I'm trying to think if he was even in the lineup after the infamous Kaprasov incident happened last year. So, um, you know, as much as the Jets certainly feel like they have a score to settle with a few players on the Minnesota Wild, um, it's not lost on Minnesota Wild fans or probably guys in that room of uh, Stanley's role, albeit in something that Kaprasov himself said, a bit of an accident, but that gets forgot very quickly when you're talking about Winnipeg and Minnesota.
4: Right. Well, that's why I always try to bring it up. Like guys, for real said, it's okay. Like it's okay. You go back and look at that play. Like that one, you know it doesn't irk me maybe nearly as much as the dylan cross check and that's only because kaprizov has gotten nailed with those cross checks from guys like ryan Souter all throughout the league and it happens right like i look at a cross check as it happens all the time and yes you're going to get pissed off when it's your team it's happening against right but going to the logan stanley thing i'm like i kind of for whatever reason want to protect logan stanley like no karil says this is okay it was okay i mean it sucks it sucks when your top player goes out especially when your top player is karil kaprizov who you need to be your superstar Minnesota Wild haven't had the luck of having a superstar within their franchise. So, of course, they're going to be ticked off when you have your guy out twice now by the same exact team. It just continues to boil that bad blood. Um, I will say if Kirill gets any sort of even maybe a cut on his hand, Minneapolis might burn down. I don't know. They want to make sure that their boy is protected. I just, that's the one thing like a heed warning, Winnipeg Jets players, Minneapolis will be coming for you. If Kirill returns, uh, scathed in any way.
0: Well, and there is one more game between these two teams in the twin cities later on, I believe in April, if I'm not mistaken, right towards the end of the season. And who knows what the situation will be in. I mean, the team has been playing well. You mentioned they've got points in six straight. I believe they're seven, one and two in their last 10 games and they've chipped away at some of their deficit in the card spot. Jesse, um, we all know that March 8th is the trade deadline, and there's going to be a number of teams sort of in and around the bubble, like the Wild are right now, that have very difficult decisions to make. How has, if and how has the strong play of the team lately in the results maybe changed where Bill Guerin is as it pertains to buying, selling, and what he might do at the deadline?
4: I mean, I think it definitely changes a lot. You asked me this question a week or two ago, and I would have been like, yep, sell everything that you can. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of protection on a lot of these players that Bill Guerin has instituted into their contracts, a lot of no moves, a lot of, uh, you know, potential no trades, all of that stuff. And then Pat Maroon, a player that was maybe high on the rumored trade list, now injured and how that might impact it. Uh, I think Bill Guerin has belief. He certainly tells us that every time we ask him, because we ask him nearly every Every moment we see him, like, how confident are you in this team? Um, You know, the identity that they're starting to show is a good one. Although you look back and you look at an overtime loss to Buffalo and you look at, you know, near near barely wins, excuse me, against Chicago's and teams that you should handily beat. You know, it's it's tough. This Minnesota Wild Squad is so freaking hard to figure out. It's a roller coaster. A roller coaster that Minnesota sports fans are constantly on, it feels, because you don't really know what to make of it. I think Bill Guerin is going to stick with the team that he has until he is absolutely forced or unless a player wants to move. I, I say that because a guy like Marc Andre Fleury, if they're approached by a cup contending team, I think Bill Guerin has enough respect for Marc Andre to say, hey bud, do you want to go to Toronto or do you want to go you know, to a team that's going to make a deep run and that is in need of a goaltender, the New Jersey Devils. I know I think that case would be completely separate. But otherwise, I don't know how busy Bill Guerin is going to be because he's got the limited cap space, because he doesn't have a whole lot of players uh, on the up and up. There's very limited things he can do. So I think he'll sit tight, although Bill Guerin always manages to surprise me in that case. He usually makes a splash of some sort come the deadline. uh, But this year just feels a little different.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you know, just looking at their, you know, the lineup, and you mentioned, I mean, Kaprasov, Boldy, Zuccarello, Geek, Goudreau, uh, Johansson, Hartman, I mean, these guys are all signed beyond next year. I mean, there's not a lot of obvious potential trade candidates on expiring contracts outside of maybe Goligoski or Bogosian, if there is a, a interest in them, if they are out. That being said, I'm not sure that this story is really going to be told until April, And that probably means that they may even look to, you know, add a player or two if the cost isn't too much, but most likely probably keep riding with this group and see if they can get across the finish line and, you know, make the playoffs when I think a lot of people had counted them out two, three, four weeks ago.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It feels like, you know, the Minnesota Wild of a few years back when you're waiting until that very last game, you know, you're fighting with the St. Louis's or the Winnipeg's right to get into that second wild card spot because Minnesota's been blessed the past couple seasons where they certainly separated themselves from the pack early on or at least earlier than they have this year. And they just haven't been getting things going until as of late. So it makes Bill Guerin's job very, very difficult. Uh, another name to toss out there, Brandon Duhame is another guy that's on an expiring contract that I could say maybe trying to, to sell and get something for. But again, I just don't know. Bill Guerin loves his picks. He loves his prospects too. So I know he'll be hanging tight to those. So certainly I think it's going to be up to the Minnesota Wild as to what direction they go. And that again continues this evening up in the peg.
0: Jesse Pierce is with us. You can check her on the Bar Down Beauties podcast and all of her work at NHL.com. While I've got you here, I have to ask you on maybe the good news story in the world of hockey this year and it's the pwhl um i know you've been to some games and been around both covering it and being a part of it as a fan tell us about the launch of the league in the twin cities and how it has been embraced and uh, how things are going right now for the women
4: man i still have chills from that first game at xl energy center at the minnesota our PWHL minnesota had um just incredible i know you know there's the kids and to have these little girls look up to these role models that's certainly special and that'll never be lost on me But I love the older women, the adult women that were in attendance who are watching the PWHL team and saying, wow, look at it. Finally, there's a women's team I can root for. There's finally a group of players doing what I've always wanted to do. I think that I still get goosebumps about it because it is it was just a really a sight to see. There were tears. And even more impressive is the numbers that they continue to draw, the attendance they continue to draw. There's a lot of question marks thinking, hey, can a women's team? fill up the XL Energy Center, you know, like the Minnesota Wild does, where it holds 19,000 people. And they've done their their due diligence. They've done a very, very nice job each and every night, even on weeknights, getting, you know, seven, 8,000 fans in attendance, and people are clamoring for the merch, all of that. Plus, they have a good product on the ice. It's been fun to watch. I never knew women's hockey could be as chippy as the PWHL has been. I think that's kind of a unique spin because certainly internationally, you know, you see a lot of good checks and separating players from the puck and, and Utilizing it that way, but there's some feistiness in these gals on PWHL Minnesota, so it's been a ton of fun to watch. Uh, excited to see where this Minnesota squad can go. I know they're kind of duking it out for one of those top two spots, so maybe there will be a parade down West 7th in St. Paul. Uh, it just might not be for the men first, I think the ladies <laughs> like it's been before. <laughs>
0: well, I can tell you there's probably a lot more support for the Minnesota women's team than the men's team in and around here. Of course, we don't have a team you're certainly the closest to, and just on the league. I mean, what a scene in TO on the weekend! I mean, that battle of Bay Street, and I believe they sold that game out in just over an hour. Nearly 19,000 people for the Montreal and Toronto teams in the Professional Women's Hockey League, and I mean, it's just more great stories as uh, this team gets established. I get the I guess. The next question is, when are these teams going to get names and logos? Like, is is that a, is that part of the plan, or are we uh, going like soccer style, where everyone is just the city name?
4: It's so funny because that's been the question out the gate. I remember I asked general manager, Natalie "What's that, and she said, the plan is, and this is going back to October and I believe it's still the same. They will all just be their location. So it's PWHL, Minnesota, Boston, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, yada, yada. Next year, they are planning to have names. Now I don't know how they're going to do that, whether it's going to be a fan vote, audience vote. My my idea my opinion would be just pick one don't let the fans get involved because the fans getting involved i think was possibly why they didn't go with some names that were earlier released before the season started but yes uh it's funny because you hear people trying to chant like minnesota and they don't know how to all get on the same (laughs) syllables right like let's go wild or go jets go as a certain ambiance but uh it's different when you're cheering for just a team so next year it's coming it'll be there I'm excited to see what they could do because they could have a lot of fun with it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great seeing your coverage of it and uh, just all the the great stories coming out of the PWHL and its inaugural season right now. Tonight, though, our focus is on uh, two old friends getting together with a few things to discuss, I think, when the puck drops at 7 o'clock. Jesse, thanks for doing this. Fill people in on uh, where they can get the pod and all of your work covering the wild.
4: Yeah, we dropped a new episode today, rehashing Minnesota Wild as of the past week while looking ahead. Um, New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. And then NHL.com, I had a story about a Hockey Without Limits camp that happened this weekend in Minnesota uh, about diversity and inclusion. And then all my gamers, you can go check in on that 10-7 to game if you want. Please do, because that was quite a headache for me to write and rewrite uh, last night. But uh, otherwise, appreciate checking in with you, Huss.
0: Still still laughing over a 10-7 game, which sounds like a football game, thinking that the Vikings beat the Raiders 3-0 Three nothing. just a few weeks ago earlier. Yeah, this no, year. not lost,
4: not lost on us <laughs> Vikings fans here. Like, my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs>
0: Anything can happen. Hey, you have a great one. Enjoy this one tonight. We'll catch up soon. All right, bye-bye. There's Jesse Pierce in the Twin Cities, Jets and Wild tonight, seven o'clock. At Canada Life Center, um, do want to thank the gang at Aiken's Lake Wilderness Lodge. I will be, I will admit, um, you know, a couple of the folks uh, that were uh, with us down in Mexico went out and did some ocean fishing. Uh, I did not. I'm saving it for Aiken's Lake this summer. Uh, if you are. Um, You were thinking about an incredible fly-in fishing experience where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. Aikens Lake is that spot. World-class fishing. And uh, maybe the only thing better than the fishing is the incredible hospitality from the Turen family and the Aikens team. Find out more on availability for the 2024 season today. Go to akenslake.com. And you can also follow them uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well with latest information on the upcoming season. But uh, give her a palpit there, and hopefully we'll see you out at Aikens at some point this year. And I do want to thank our friends at Sport Manitoba. I had a great conversation last week. We played for you while I was away. We'll have another It Takes a Community to Play segment brought to you in part by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries later on this week. But in the meantime, go to the Sport Manitoba website for opportunities and information on coaching, volunteering, officiating, all the things we need in uh, our games to keep the puck dropping. And uh, as it were, the uh, athletes competing in sports around our province. Uh, all right, let's get Michael Remus back in here and Remo fun conversation with hammer and a fun conversation with Jesse. And I am uh, like many of you just looking at this clock counting down to 7:07 PM tonight, I will be in the building and, uh, I have not had this level of anticipation for a game in a long, long time. Um, regardless of the fact that the a very eventful weekend that the Jets had with a win and a loss. Yeah, wow. That was
1: uh you know, I'll be honest. I am looking forward to tonight's game, but I haven't really thought about it. I've been getting ready for the show. I've been recapping the last two games, thinking about you know their play yesterday. But as we as the clock's about to hit three o'clock, yeah, I am pumped in. I'm kind of of the opinion nothing's gonna happen, but I think didn't we think it was done after the first game, and then Ryan Hartman slashed Perfetti, so it all takes his one guy and one big head, and we saw Adam Lowry lay the body it's on not Saturday. Done from
0: the Jets side of things, like it, it's interesting knowing that Maroon is out and Foligno are out. Mm. Um, like I don't think the Jets are gonna care about that, and oh. I mean, if Ryan Hartman somehow escapes this game without having some sort of retribution or at least being called onto the carpet for his act on both Perfetti and Ehlers, uh, I think a lot of people, including Rick Bonus, will probably be pretty disappointed. And I, I, I do not see that happening. I guess the big question is, is it just Hartman or do things get... Well, as I, uh, as I asked Jeff uh, Hamilton earlier, do they get stupid at times tonight? And I would say that this game in particular has the potential to do that. It seemed like it was a powder keg that's just been sitting in place waiting for Minnesota to get here. And uh, I think this is going to be very different than one of these snoozy Tuesday evenings you see sometimes in the middle of the regular season.
1: Yeah, interesting that you mentioned no Marcus Felino. He's caused a lot of BS in these games, I don't like him going the from Superman punch. Going from the Superman punch, He like there was a scrum once, and he just like went and punched Dubois in the back of the head, like from outside scrum. Like, what is that? Oh yeah, and then he also uh, what didn't he? He knee Adam Lowry when he was down, and he was trying to get up. Some BS like that. So I don't like Marcus Flain. I don't like his game, and he won't be lined up in maroon too. So that's two guys who get involved in that kind of stuff. I'm looking at daily faceoff, and obviously there's no morning skate, but uh, they have Hartman on the fourth line. Like I, I should look at his ice time from yesterday because he's been playing in the top for a bit. But they're going with this kaprazov Eriksson, eck Boldy line, which has been electric. We'll see how yeah, much ice he that, gets. The
0: Jets have to worry about the yeah. most when it comes to uh, getting some past uh, LB, and a big start for Brossois as well. I know there was some, you know, some talk. People thought maybe LB would go yesterday. Uh, and then Hellebuck would come back tonight against the Wild. Um, that wasn't the case. I'm sure it kind of came down. LB knew he was going to be playing one of the games. Hellebuck, who's been Mr. Nay for so long, wanted to play the afternoon game and give him some extra rest before the team goes at it on Friday and Sunday in Chicago and back home against Arizona. Um, but certainly a great chance for LB. And You know, as we get to the Cool bet lines in just a minute, <clears throat> like, should we expect a very low-scoring game? Or... No. The Jets got their goals going on the weekend and kind of fired up their offense. We know what Minnesota did yesterday. So uh, uh, I really don't know what to expect other than these teams do not like each other. I imagine there's going to be plenty of extracurriculars after the whistle tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of goals. Uh, They're both starting, uh, you know, second game of back to back starting the backup goalies. The over under is at five and a half. So that's, that's like a third, more than a third of the total of the Minnesota Wild game yesterday where 17 goals uh, were scored. But the Jets are favored, which uh, I thought was interesting, and we'll see how it goes. And I think there's going to be goals. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of action. So we are looking to go, there's still seats available. I see a number of people in chat trying to plan a meetup, maybe a craft beer quarter or something in the 300s. But I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens if there's any extra criteria. Was like, is Lowry allowed to face Hartman? What does the code say about that type of weight class differential? Do we know? Is Lowry allowed well, to go? Uh, you or would it what? have to be Baron? I mean,
0: once, you're, once you're a noted rat like Hartman with the rap sheet that he has, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he has the choice. Um, so we will, uh, we will see, but I mean, like Hartman is going to get his in some way tonight, whether it's a fight, whether he's just targeted with a bunch of hits. I mean, I guess we will see what I'm quite interested is, is the entire Winnipeg jets team and how they respond both to being called out by their coach yesterday. If you missed the start of the show, we played bones after the game. He must've dropped the word soft four or five times which is a, an absolute indictment of his hockey club. And, and it's not something we've heard this year, um, almost at all, maybe a couple of occasions slightly, but he was, um, he was not pleased at all with the way his team tackled the Calgary Flames yesterday and got just far, far away from their, their defensive identity. Um, nice to see a few goals go in, uh, but not at that expense. Um, so, as far as the game goes tonight, as we get over the cool bet lines, Lock Shop is back. Well, it never went anywhere, but I was away last week. Had a fun time breaking down these games today with Dusty. You can check that out at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel if you want for uh, tonight's games. We do have a partner, probably I'll let you know about. But as Remus said, the Jets are favorites. <clears throat> Minus 158. Is the money line for the Jets, plus 134 for the Wild. And the over-under sits at 5.5. The under getting more than even money at plus 102. And the over at minus 119. Other games tonight in the league. The uh, Battle of the Kachuk Brothers in Florida. Man, Florida's rolling right now. Panthers minus 265 faves. Ottawa plus 220. Dallas is in New York to take on the Rangers. Bruins did the uh, Jets a favor and the rest of the Central Division yesterday with a late goal to tie it and then winning on a Charlie McAvoy beauty in the eighth round of the shootout. Um, Wedgwood's in for Dallas tonight. Ottinger played yesterday, so it's a Wedgwood and Shusterkin. Dallas plus 110, Rangers minus 129. We can all say go, Rangers, go on that one. Islanders in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, minus 134 faves. Islanders, plus 114. Devils in, in Washington to take on the Caps. Devils are minus 170 favorites. Capitals, plus 144. Uh, and then there's Vancouver and Colorado. I actually like Vancouver. I think I'm going to put Vancouver out as my play of the day for, the, uh, for Cool Bet. Plus 128 underdog. I just can't imagine that Rick Tockett doesn't have that team... On eggshells going into that game, they're going to be, need to be ready to play uh, Colorado. But you know they're thirty-seven and fourteen with two regulation losses on the weekend. They'll look to get back in it. Colorado's minus one fifty-one, Vancouver plus one twenty-eight. Vegas at home to the Golden Knights minus one thirty-seven favorites. Nashville, or sorry, the Golden Knights home to the Predators. Nashville is plus one seventeen. And the final game of the evening is Columbus Blue Jackets in L.A. LA minus 238 and Columbus plus 200. If we click over to the exclusives for tonight, we do have a Winnipeg sports talk parlay. We've got a jets win, a Mark Scheifele goal and a Josh Morrissey point plus 425. So I got a nice little boost from the fellows on that one. So if you want to ride with me on it, get to the exclusives and jump on the WST parlay. And then we kept the Jets out of tonight's lock shot partner parlay, as well as my lean on the Canucks, and went with the Rangers over Dallas, Pittsburgh over the Islanders, and Vegas over Nashville. When we put that in manually, it was plus 434. They gave us a very nice boost to plus 500. So 5-1 to for the lock shot partner parlay after the generous boost from uh, our pal Evdog. That's up there in the exclusives as well, Remo, as we finish up the Cool Bet lines. Yeah, a
1: lot of games today. Nice to have this NHL schedule. It was kind of weird. They had, like, it was NBA All-Star weekend on, so Friday, there was the one game, and there was nothing else going on. I know the PWHL had that huge game uh, with Toronto-Montreal, and yesterday it was great. All-day hockey on Louis Day here. That was fantastic. And tonight, another jam-packed schedule. Eight games. I am fired up for yeah, the this Predators Golden Knights. I agree with you. I'm definitely on Vegas. They're coming off a loss at home and Canucks Avalanche, an interesting one too. How is Vancouver gonna respond after losing to Winnipeg and then losing that wild game last night or yesterday afternoon to Minnesota? So into Colorado, it's a tough one. So those are that's some big games tonight and maybe Stars Rangers. Interesting interesting one too. Yeah, Although some,
0: some really yeah. good games. <clears throat>
1: Islanders, Penguins. And we didn't even touch on, like, how much did you see of this Yager uh, weekend? Okay. It okay. was the we best will. thing we ever.
0: Will. We, we, yeah, we have to talk about that in a minute before we're done. I do want to, and no, I have no information on Breanne Harris and why she is not eligible for the Scotties, although I, like everyone, was refreshing every 10 minutes to find out. little curling drama getting into the Scotties to get things going, I think, really cranked up the... Uh, uh, the attention on the event. Uh, of course, it's happening out in Calgary. We've got three Manitoba teams participating right now. Actually, two of them are on the ice. I see Caitlin Laws uh, 0-0 against the BC Brown squad. They've just finished the first end. And Carrie Anderson and Team Canada without Brianne Harris playing Saskatchewan right now in uh, in the, uh, the this afternoon draw. As far as how things stand in... Heading into this afternoon draw, Carrie and her team are four and one trailing only the undefeated Alberta team in pool a Alberta four and Oh, having played four games so far. Uh, Caitlin laws had a rough start to the week. She's one and three and uh, we've got the uh, Kate Cameron uh, rink. I should say there's four rinks. I always just assume Jennifer Jones is Canada, but Jennifer Jones is representing Manitoba as well. And the queen, in her final run at the Scotties, is four and zero as well, tied with Rachel Holman at the top. of Buhl B and Kate Cameron's Manitoba rink is two and two. As I mentioned, Carrie Anderson on the ice right now, as is Caitlin Laws. Always like to keep an eye on the Scotties, and of course the uh, Brier coming up as well. And we'll always uh, hit that being in such a curling hotbed here in Manitoba. But, Remus, before we go, by the way, curling odds also up at CoolBet. And whether you're hitting the Jets, curling, or more, use the promo code WST when you're making your first deposit. If you haven't already, hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks over at CoolBet. And don't forget, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Great to see over 500 people in here today. And hit that thumbs up as well if you uh, haven't already. Yarmer Yager, Nightream. Um, first of all, they brought out the gin and juice jerseys, which were amazing. Um, and I was just looking at that picture of Crosby, Lemieux, Yager, and Malkin. And I know the Oilers would have something to say. I mean, the Habs in their long history would have something to say, but that might be the best Mount Rushmore of stars that any NHL team can throw together. Yeah, they looked really good in the jerseys. Jager looked great uh, going out
1: for the practice on Saturday. I, like, has a guy whose jersey been retired ever gone out for a warm-up like that? <laughs> has that ever happened? It was incredible. So uh, they're all wearing the Yager mullet wigs. I'm seeing Jager highlights. The guy's a complete legend. Still playing in the Czech League. I mean, he played for so long, and if it weren't for you know, some lockouts... And going back to the KHL, he would be on top of a lot, a lot of all-time records. But what is he now? Like top, top three, so all-time legend. Uh, well, and so- he's really, he's really yeah.
0: changed over the years too. I mean, there was a time where he was an uh, an epic pain in the ass. I mean, yes. you know, he bounced around from team to team. He was doing crazy things. I mean, the money that he took from Washington and the lack of attention to detail, which is crazy, considering what he's known for of his craft at the time he was taking flights to go mm-hmm. gamble uh, after games. Um, but the way he finished up his career becoming, you know, one of the players to play the longest ever in the national hockey, League, can continue to putting up numbers. Um, then it was a great sort of reunion there with Pittsburgh because it didn't end great. Um, And some of the lines that he had, I mean, he's got this gorgeous girlfriend who is significantly younger than him. And as he introduced her, to you know during his speech he mentioned that she doesn't remember uh him playing for the (laughs) pittsburgh penguins but he would tell her all the stories which got a huge huge laugh from uh from everybody there um but it really was cool and as i say i was loving the fact that the uh the gin and juice jerseys
1: were back as well yeah i mean okay 1733 games 1921 (laughs) points and he spent, like, spent, what, the lockout year, oh four oh five He was, you know, Czech in Russia. He's in the KHL for three seasons from 2008 to 2011. There was the 2012 uh, lockout as well. We missed, some, missed some games, so uh, incredible career. And I almost forgot, like, he played 10 years with Pittsburgh from 1990 to 2001, just because his career <laughs> has been uh, so long us, but I love seeing all the highlights. I love watching Yager, uh, Yager growing up. What a legend! I follow you know follow him on social media. He's got like a sense of humor now. I think he's embraced his he, he's his hilarious. legend status. Yeah, uh, he had like the full camera crew there, like following him live uh, on Instagram. And and, all
0: the players wearing the mullets and warm up yeah, too was a great, great was, touch. I mean they, uh, they they did it up well. Um, and as I say, it, what. Sucked for Pittsburgh was the way that game ended because uh, they were up one nothing with about seven minutes left, and Adrian Kempe scored one to tie it up, and then scored shorthanded to go ahead, and that was a devastating loss for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we were mentioning the Wild here, you know, before and kind of where they're at in the standings right now. I mean, just checking out the uh, the the Wild card races. Um, you know, the Wild are tied with the Nashville Predators. Uh, for ninth spot the blues are two points up on them for that final spot with 60 points in 55 games and the kings are pretty solidly in that first wild card because they've got 64 points and they've got two games in hand on all of those teams so in a lot of ways it's let's call it a five-way race for one spot um minnesota you know this again This is a huge game for the Wild, as Jesse just mentioned. And then over on the other side of things, I mean, Tampa's got 65 points, but in 57 games. Detroit's been playing well as of late. They've got 64 and 55. And then you've got the Devils at 60, Islanders at 58. Pittsburgh is back at 55. Now, they they have only played 52 games, which is the least. But even if you won those games you're only getting within three of the Detroit Red Wings. That was a very, very costly loss for Pittsburgh, Reem. And uh, they need to go on a run right now. And uh, complicating things is the fact that Jake Jensel's out until after the trade deadline. So a lot of big questions as to what Kyle Dubas does at the deadline and whether Pittsburgh can get off the map, mat and uh, get back into the mix for that final wild card.
1: Yeah, a couple of intriguing teams here in the East. And the West. But yeah, Pittsburgh, they brought in Kyle Dubas. They made some off-season moves. I don't know if a lot of them worked out that well. And they're trying to extend this window here. Or hang on with Crosby and Malkin. Latang. but it's not going so hot. And the Islanders has made the coaching change to Patrick Waugh. And they're still out of a playoff spot. What's complicating things is the the Flyers, who nobody thought would be there in third. And the Red Wings are one of the teams before the season. We're like, okay, which team that didn't make the playoffs Uh, is going to get in, and they've kind of been doing building to get back towards the playoffs. They haven't been lucky with winning the draft lottery, but they're okay. And you know, down the bottom, Buffalo and Ottawa are teams we had around in the West. St. Louis, they're on a bit of a heater. L.A. seems, I think the L.A. is going to get in. So who's going to get this last spot? I don't think Nashville uh, Nashville has it. So Minnesota, St. Louis, up to them, and every game is so big. Seattle's kind of lurking lurking there, but I don't think they have the magic of last season and Calgary's too inconsistent. So let's go with Minnesota-St. Louis and it's a big, you know, big game for Minnesota who was very close to catching the Jets if they would have won those two games at the end of December. They didn't and they went on a big losing streak, but they've played well in the last 10 going 7-2-1. and one.
0: one team that has uh, played their way out of the wild card race that was in a spot about a month ago is the Arizona Coyotes. They are back to being the Arizona oh. Coyotes, oh, oh, nine they've and lost one. 10 in a row. Oh, 09 and one oh They can't beat anybody. And uh, obviously, we've always already said uh, adios to the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Blackhawks on their season. Although it was great to see Connor Bedard back out on the weekend. And that team is so bad, except for him. And uh, I know he had a couple <laughs> points in the last game. I mean, he is worth the price of admission alone. And that's a good thing because there's not much else. And I guess we're going to get a chance to see the Blackhawks on Friday night taking on the Jets. And uh, I believe the Jets lost in Chicago earlier this Mm -hmm. year. And Connor Bedard had the winner. So, uh, listen, it's always better to be able to see the Stars play. Um, But, again, the Jets can worry about Chicago over the next couple days. First things first. It's tonight. And the resumption of the rivalry against the Minnesota Wild in a game that is going to have this building amped right from the get go. Just on Chicago, twenty-one straight road games they've
1: lost. So, well, hopefully the Jets can extend that losing streak here on Friday. I don't know if they play in between. No, I'm sure. it's in Chicago. I'm, oh, it's in Chicago. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I mean, he gives them a reason they, they couldn't. I think they were averaging a goal per game without him. So uh, he gives them a huge boost.
0: Well, jets are uh, averaging a goal per game and there's seven games before uh, Friday's ex- or Saturday night's explosion. Mm-hmm. We'll see whether they can get back to it. But uh, yeah, the gang's all here. Ryan Hartman, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, Joel Erickson, Mark, uh, Mark Andre Fleury in net tonight. And uh, the one guy we didn't talk about that we certainly have earlier in the season when we were speaking with Jesse, Uh, If you're at the game tonight or watching to keep an eye on Brock Faber, who has been an absolute revelation on the Minnesota blue line, uh, probably won't win the Calder trophy just because of the star power of Bedard and what he's done. But I'll tell you what, he'll be, uh, he will be a solid number two in the voting if he doesn't come back and win it. And uh, he's playing like 25 minutes a night tonight. You will see a lot of number seven this evening if you're watching the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Um, great stuff today. Awesome to be back. Great to have Jeff Hamilton on the program and one of our favorites, Jesse Pierce, getting ready for the Wild game tomorrow on the program. A full recap of uh, what should be a very interesting one and then look look ahead to the Jets as they'll certainly get another practice in before heading to Chicago for their Friday game. And then the Jets back here on Sunday against the Coyotes, a weird five o'clock game on uh, on Sunday night. And don't forget tomorrow on the program, uh, we're going to have Norva Riddell from Toon Rock jump on, tell us about the We're All In campaign, trying to, uh, you know, get back to where this team needs to be when it comes to their season ticket base, including half and quarter season packages. Go to winnipegjets.com slash deposit for more information on how you can have first crack and preferred pricing on playoff tickets by making a deposit for a 24-25 membership package with the Winnipeg Jets. That is going to do it for us. We'll get this pod up so people can listen to it before the Jets and Wild drop the puck tonight. Shout out to everybody at the game. I know uh, many of you WSTers were talking about meeting up in Section 310. I'm usually partial to the bar outside 316. I'm actually in the lower bowl tonight in 206, but maybe I'll pop up at intermission and say hi to the gang. Uh, But listen, wherever you are buckle up it should be a wild one tonight i think this building's going to be loud and let's hope the winnipeg jets are ready and a heck of a lot better than they were against the flames yesterday because the wild are coming off putting up a 10 spot on the vancouver canucks you add in a little bad blood and it should be a very very fun night for hockey fans here in peg city that's going to do it for us thanks again to jesse and hammer for jumping on the program today of course, to Michael Remus, and a special thanks to Reem for doing such a great job last week, which allowed me to get away for a few days. But uh, it's all hands on deck right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. 7 o'clock puck drop tonight. We'll break it down for you tomorrow. Thanks again to all the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen and all of you for making us a part of your day. Enjoy the game. We'll catch you tomorrow on WST at 1.
3: Oh, my God! Oh!
0: Shut it down!